and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast here on the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. And I'm Aram, the cursed beast-bitten astrologer. Nice. I didn't hear the second part. That's good. That's good shit. Um, and today, we are going to be going over the trophy RPG, not just uh, Trophy Dark, which trophy, trophy was trophy, and then trophy became trophy dark and then they also made trophy gold and then there's trophy loom so we're doing trophy dark and trophy gold today um we were just gonna do trophy dark and we realized that even though the book is quite big uh it's only like 30 pages of rules so we're really gonna both not so it's really not that big yeah, um, it's uh, really yeah. not it's like incursions are there um which is a great term. People should use great. that. Encourage. You know what? Yeah. If it, I that would be such a good one, a good word for like a game that you make on your own, and then you realize another game already called it something that's very popular. That's very so funny. Can't. Um, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. It's awesome. For those so, of you listening, Ryan's uh, game he's currently working on originally was called Incursions, um, and is and, now not called that, uh, and hasn't been for a while. Because of Trophy Dark, I, I read it. Was like, this Dark. is yeah. this game is amazing, and I can't use that word anymore. So. Thanks, Gauntlet. Appreciate it, Jesse Ross. Um, Listen, they didn't tell you you couldn't use it. You you volunteered to not use it. Well, of course, because, I mean, Trophy Dark is so fucking badass that if you use the word incursion, everyone's going to be like, oh, I like Trophy Dark. I'm anyway, actually going to call my game Dark Trophy. So, honestly, fuck you it. You know? That's what you got to. That's what you got to do. I'm going to call mine um, Dragons and Dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Trophy Dark. So, interesting thing about Trophy... Right. I don't know if you know this um, from everything that I've been able to find and read. Did you know, as far as I'm aware and tell me if I'm wrong, Trophy actually started as kind of like an offshoot sub game kind of ish of Simbaroom. Oh, cool. I did not hear that. Yeah. I've so never read through Simbaroom, you know? So I'm actually rocking my Simbaroom shirt. But if you if very you flip cool. through the Simbaroom book and then you flip through the trophy book, you'll see that it's very, like the art style is very similar. The font choices are very similar. So as far as I'm aware, again, as much as I've been able to find information on, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Don't correct us. We like being wrong. The, the It was actually originally kind of set-ish, uh, inspired by or or was set for the world of Simbaroom in the Dark Forest of Dakovar. Um, so hmm. when you, after we go through this, just flip open the Simbarum PDF and you're going to go, Oh, mm, I get it. Yeah. Great. Both games are amazing. Um, but I thought that was great. And mechanically it's a mix of Cthulhu dark and guess what game? Blades in the dark. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense now you say it all out. Listen, man, yeah, so, I just woke up from a nap. I'm uh, yeah, Get that Celsius in you. Um, I'm Ryan tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm here chugging water because my brain's all dehydrated. My drain, brain's all dried up. Like an old gotta, spot. Are you saying that I'm usually the one who has a dried up, like, old spot No, you're brain? usually the one who, who just woke up and is tired. Very true. I'm yeah. I will, I'm tired, but I woke up a couple hours ago, so I'm good. So, um, for those that don't understand, kind of like why that was a thing, tree stream. I was like, "Fuck, dude, we need to eventually go over Blades in the Dark," and we talked about maybe doing Blades in the Dark next. And um, 
that's why me going, oh, this is part Blades in the Dark mattered to anybody but me and Hunter. So this game, as far as I know, is kind of a mashup of Cthulhu Dark and Blades in the Dark set in um, what was once the uh, deck of our forests of Simbaroom that has now become kind of its own game a little bit. But that is that is where it birthed from. That is where Trophy came from. And Trophy is a game. Oh, yeah. Is, at least Trophy Dark um, is a game that you don't really win. You really just experience the the descent into uh, ruin and madness as you enter a forest uh, that you'll never escape from. So it's all about psychological horror and doomed characters. Um, that became Trophy Dark, and Trophy Gold is a kind of a version of the game where it's more survivable and more, um, instead of one-shot themed, it's more like campaign themed. So today we're going to go... Excuse me. We're gonna go over both, and um, we'll, we'll we'll dig deep into Trophy Dark, and then we'll jump into Trophy Gold to really just highlight the um, the differences between the two games. So, first though, I do want to show this off. You know what? I'm even gonna to go to a big window to show this one off. Even big window. Um, boom! I'm in a big window. I got this bad boy right here, and for those in podcast Ooh. land that can't see it, I'm even gonna turn the blur off again on this um, because. Um, I have the box set from Trophy. So back this forever ago, took a very long time to get out, but you know what? Worth it, worth the wait. The box set itself is gorgeous. It's got the Trophy logo on the front, Trophy logo on the side, and then when you actually look at the books on the side, first of all, I love all the Trophy logos. So the Trophy mm. Dark is kind of like the deer head Trophy logo. Trophy Gold is his son. It almost kind of looks like the, the Summit logo on your shirt there. Um, mm. And then Trophy Loom is this kind of like... It's almost like a like a hashtag, but with like a bunch of extra pieces. It looks like a like a little batch of weaving with like four yeah, it's across like a, it's four like down. A, yeah, fabric like a loom. Mold, you know? Yeah, so tro yeah. So Trophy Dark is the original game where you it's like one shot because you're gonna die. Um, Trophy Gold is the kind of like campaign version of the game, and Trophy Loom is a lore book. Mm. which has got some really like uh, important locations, all that kind of stuff. So really, really fantastic triple set here. Great way to do it. And the books themselves are absolutely fucking stunning. So when you see it from the side of the box set, they're all cloth bound with these like gilded. The trophy is in this kind of like whitish silver. The gold is obviously in gold and trophy loom is in green. So from the side, they are stunning. Jesse Ross, right? Everything's on it. And then when you actually crack the uh, box set open, crack it up, first Ryan. of all, all three books have ribbons in it. And we love the it. ribbons. We love a good ribbon, man. Ribbons make my day better. But um, also, <laughs> I'm probably not even talking on the mic here. Yeah. Words. I, I know words. So anyway, so the Trophy Dark one has a black ribbon. The Trophy Gold one has a gold ribbon. The Trophy Loom one has a green ribbon. And then when you actually look at the covers of each, it's just stunning, cool pieces of art. But that cloth binding is only on like the first inch, inch and a half around the binding. And then the book itself is more um, like the standard book style. It's not mm. gloss. It's not matte. It's a little bit in between. But quality, Black. quality, quality printing. So really, really stunningly beautiful books. Um Really, really well done. I love that. I love cloth-bound books, but like we said before, I think, which one did we touch on last time that was cloth-bound? Oh, I think it might have been the Against Titan City book. When the whole book is cloth-bound, I really can't, I don't feel like I can use the book because I feel like it it, it really digs my... Um, I don't think the Against uh, Titan City is cloth-bound. 
Oh, the special edition one that I have is. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is the yeah. normal edition. Oh no! Wow. I should, remember, I showed you three versions. Fucking peasant, dude. Yeah, you are a little. Bi- I got three versions of the game. How many did you get? That's what I thought. <laughs> anyway, um, if you um, uh, this one since. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um anyway, so um I love that it's only clockbound on like a, the 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 binding really and then you can actually hold in and use the game otherwise. Um this isn't one that I feel like um I just have to stick on a shelf and then um and then be done with. So uh really, really fantastic, gorgeous box set. Um highly, highly recommend grabbing them. Um I don't think they're like cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say, regardless, it's super worth it. This is from Gauntlet RPG. Um, and, uh, and Jesse Ross is the writer. So again, the box set, absolutely stunning, absolutely worth it. Um, definitely recommend buying it. Um, quick, quick, quick preview. So, or, 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 or thoughts. Let me go back to the opening window. Listen, this is a game of dark shit where you definitely die. So how do you think I feel about it? I think you're going to love this game. I think I love the fuck out of this game. I think this is one of my favorite games ever. I, 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 I love this game. Um, I turn the blur back on because all the cool kids use blur. There it is. Okay, so nice. uh, yeah, I got just... blur. Got blur this shit out. Yeah, yeah. I don't want people to read all of the books behind me that they can clearly see. Um, so uh, let's let's just jump into it. Let's get going. Um. Boom. Game right through. Transition that page. so trophy dark yeah so even the cover of the pdf looks exactly like the book and i really really love that they even put like the black bar on the side which um is where the cloth binding is on the normal book so if you're seeing this cover it's great and then the cover is a very like kind of like black and white massive kind of foggy forest with these two little figures near the bottom so you can see how big and kind of foreboding the um the forest is really really fantastic it forebodes it does four boats all day um even five boats sometimes um so (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) so right off the bat i'm pretty sure that um when this crowdfunded there were some stretch goals for extra um like identity options like occupations and backgrounds and i think it started the book yeah i think there were expanded options I, i i could be completely wrong so that's why it kind of starts with a bunch of those options right off the bat um, because I think those were extra. Uh, so there's identity options like occupation background right off the top, right off the top, drive options, ritual options, and um, we'll explain why those are a thing in a little bit. Um, really, really gorgeous piece of art here with some writing right off the front page. Like it looks like map overlaid with like a piece of uh, parchment um, with a with a slip of paper on it. Um, My beloved, take this scrap of parchment as a talisman. It bears the mark of the old one and his sacred tree. Be safe and find your way back to me. Uh, Then there's a name on it. I love that. Like, that's a great way to start off the book there. That's vibes all day right there. You ever played Darkest Dungeon? I did. Yeah, I have. Like the beginnings, like the guy's like writing a letter and you're reading the letter. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. But I do like that. So. No, this definitely channels some Darkest Dungeon stuff in here for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, Darkest Dungeon is, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm that kind of edge. I'm not setting it up to download right now while we're doing this or anything. So. All right. 
So a uh, wonderful little bit here as we hit the trophy dark table of contents. But again, even if you just look at like the style of the font, if I pull a Simbaroom book off the let me let me pull a Simbaroom book off. The Dude, why don't you why don't you go ahead and pull a Simbaroom book? Nice shorts. <laughs> grab the cover rule book here. All right. Okay, so as I hold up the core rule book, look at look at the font choice right here. I see it. Yeah. So for those in podcast land, when you actually open up like the Simbaroom book, and you flip through the trophy book already, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Do you see this page? I mean, the moment you said it, I was like, oh yeah, very similar. Yeah, I see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, I could be completely wrong, but everything I've read, I think I even read, um. I think I even read somewhere that the game was originally called like Dark Dakavar or something like that. So it was it was very much originally influenced by Simbaroom, unless I'm completely wrong talking about my ass, uh, talking out of my ass, and somebody um, correct me. Regardless, though, we get to the table of contents page, and uh, the beautiful thing about this page is the cursor as it rolls over things turns into a little hand. And for everyone out there who's listened to me bitch about it forever, we all know what that means. Means it's hyperlinked, baby. We need to make that. We need to make that weekly scroll hyperlink merch. Yeah, it's hyperlinked. <laughs> just I, I think just like the the like the the font the word logo, but like a cursor that becomes a hand, like scrolled over <laughs> part of it. You know what I mean? We got to do that. Put it up on Bonfire. We'll get it out there. No one's gonna buy it, but I'll buy one. Um, I'll buy one. Boom! That's two sales right there. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got an introduction. Um, we have the player's guide, which is only from page like six to 22. We got the game master's guide from 22 to 32. And that's it in the rest of the book, which ends up being um, like 180 pages. Um, so, about it's so funny how much of it is just like just incursions like it's just encounters essentially right like, i love the shit of it so there's oh, an overview dude, of what incursions are insane value for this book oh my god it's like it's and there's so many more than this so, so many, many more than this and people do some really good shit with mm. it so i mean the book consists of god how many fucking there's and then there's a whole uh, table in the back of random tables and generators right here but mm -hmm. one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one <gasps> twenty two incursions in this book God. and uh josh demansky i think when he was talking about trophy gold let me kick to this real quick he uh commented on our twitter a little bit and said that um which one did he say uh roots of old calador i think yeah must be um he said it's one of the greatest um uh mega dungeons he's ever read so uh oh. i haven't read a lot of the incursions in gold but i'm definitely going to read that a little bit more once we uh once we're done here because this game just uh it, it makes my heart tickle and sing so anyway let's get cracking in here let's go straight into the introduction which is the forest so again a publication by gauntlet rpg in association with hedge mage press i mean come on hedge mage for the one that like it's just everything's good about this Created by Jesse Ross, um, incursions and additional contributions by a fat stack of people. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like 16 extra people here um, um, added uh, stuff to this game. Um, edited by Lauren McNamon, McManamon, sorry about that. Publisher by Jason Cordova, who started um, Gauntlet RPG. Uh, art and layout by Jesse Ross. Additional art by Anna Z. Cartography by Ryan McGee. Special thanks to 2,543 Kickstarter backers. That's right. 
Um, and then, yeah, that's Trophy and Trophy Dark. So printed in Lithuania. Introduction huh. into the forest. And how dope. I mean, I love the Simbaroom style. And again, this channels it yeah. pretty heavily. How dope is this, though? I like. It's just the forest. And there is a figure of a girl hiding behind a tree with a dagger. Um, and it's great. And I love these, like, black tags on the side for everything it's yeah. his introduction on like Very a black tag. It's, uh, not in the way. Yeah. They also let you know where you are in the book. And I like that. Yeah. And so well laid. I love the way that this thing is laid out. Like even this page here with the parchment, like the next two pages are our intro. Three pages are intro. It's all parchment and stuff like that. We're not going to read all of it. But even just that little bit of like throw a parchment on it, angle it a tiny bit, give it a little bit of spice, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's nice. It's nice with the dagger laid across on that. So there's a lot of parts in this book where really it's like it's almost like a top down view of just pages and parchment like on a desk or something. And it's great. I will say um, they did a little bit lose me with the three page intro. So just throwing it out there, Mike. Oh man. Okay. But it's flavor it's flavor and I love it. Is it is flavor. It's, it's a whole story write up. Like it, it's really yeah. great. Um I'm not we are not gonna read the whole story. But, I mean, I'll read the first little bit and that's it, but the map was off. The the eastward bend in the Nave River uh came up more quickly than documented, leading to a dispute that pushed well past sunset. It was Amar. Our ranger, who saw the ruins first, even by torchlight, the crumbling stone face of some vaguely human effigy was apparent through the hanging vines and foliage. And that goes on like there's a great story bit, but I like this, but I like when there's a big chunk of story in the beginning. And what's great about it is that you only have to read it once. Um... And you can always go back to it just to give yourself the flavor and the vibe later. So I'd rather have this and just skip the page than, than not have it. Fair. Um and then at the end, it says, so I ask, are you ready to claim your trophy? Great, great little. That's I love when the name of the game is in the book. That's great. Um, then there is yet another separate uh, page here uh, with some more uh, intro on it. So it's it's all just story as if written by characters in world, which is fantastic. Yeah. So then the actual written introduction of the game is like, I don't know, it's like 10 lines. Um, <laughs> what is this? Trophy Dark is a role-playing game about a group of treasure hunters entering a haunted forest that doesn't want them there. The game tells the story of the treasure hunters' physical and mental descent as they move deeper and deeper into the dangerous forest. Their journey ultimately brings them to ancient ruins that hold the treasure they seek and the monstrous entities that dwell there. This is not a hopeful story of brave and daring adventurers that slay dragons and drag bags of gold back to town. This is a horror story of entitled pillagers meeting tragic ends. Welcome to the world of Kaldur. Welcome to the forest. Great. Great. Vibes all day so far. I mean, very, very really vibes. Vibe, mm. vibe continuously. Vibes, vibes all day. So um, there's a player's guide page here, which is another full page piece of art. And I love how it's just like two white bars with player's guide right on it, right over it. Really great. Laid out beautifully. Really. Art's again, very cool. Yeah. And and I, the, I, my soul is written in this font like that. That is. I believe that. That makes a lot edgy. of sense, actually. Yeah. It's really it's really great. I love it so much. And then um, so we get to creating a treasure hunter. So really, this game has not a whole lot of rules um, and a lot of character creation stuff. So uh, we're going to be creating a character. So Hunter, you're going to be our treasure, our treasure hunter, a treasure hunt. Hey, whoa, yeah, hey, that's my listen, fucking you, name. Listen, Holy you shit. are 
You are a treasure hunter. I want you to know that in almost every single game we read, my name comes up at least once. So yeah, listen, hey, your 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 mom did did you right for being an RPG fan, you know? Um, <laughs> she was like, "What? This fucking nerd's gonna love this shit." <laughs> right? <laughs> As she holds you for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so character creation, and this is another like third page piece of art. I re I really love how much art, like the the mm. the vibes that this pushes high. Like we talked, yeah. I really do. I just like spooky forest. It's like yeah. I like spooky forest, old ruins. Like, like we were actually we were just having a discussion in my apartment um, with my apartment mates about. Um, how terrifying forests can be, like especially like the oh national my forest, God. like system in the U.S. is like, or people who live in like Appalachia who are like who people like you don't you know that you don't go outside into the forest when you hear a noise in Appalachia, right? Like you don't you don't. That's how people disappear or they they reappear hundreds of miles away. Forests can be really weird um, and dark. Yeah, dude, there the number of have you ever seen the map where it talks where it shows like missing people in the United States and then it gives a list of and then it show overlays it with like forests and cave systems? Yeah, I've actually seen I think of what you're talking about. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, uh, no. that's, like, let's yes, not do I, that. it was like, yeah, they're just never found again, ever. So nope. bye. It's Bigfoot. Listen, maybe they're hunting treasure. It's you know? Bigfoot. Guys, it's Bigfoot. Confirm Bigfoot. Eating all of them, dude. Um, yeah. So, in Trophy Dark, you play a treasure hunter intent on entering the forest ruins and other haunted spaces of the world in search of riches. However, you're doomed. In the end, the forest always claims those who enter. Uh, most never return, and those that do come back with their minds and bodies broken. Fight to survive, but know that you are marked. You will be claimed. You will be the forest's trophy. Listen. Ooh. Right? That's who's, the name of the game. The trophy, who who where, yeah. you know? Who's it's the really trophy? <laughs> it's so good. And you know what I love about this? And let, let me just uh for anyone that listened Tell to our me. episode yesterday with uh with uh John Davis of Civid Sanctums on yesterday, we went over Hyperborea, the uh kind of like Neo clone AD and D uh super vibe heavy world's awesome Hyperborea. We I so I talked about 5e a little bit. You know, as I rarely do. Um, one of the things I specifically said was I think that it's been a massive disservice to anyone that's only ever played 5e as a game they've only ever played that death doesn't really exist in the game. Like yeah. both, both mechanically, narratively, story wise, module wise, like it's really encouraged both in the rules as they're presented and in the kind of culture that has come around 5e that you don't kill characters without their consent and like all this other stuff. And listen, I'm big on big on consent. I didn't mean to say that kind of snottily, listen, but if, if you if that's how you want to play your game, totally. But I think you're missing out right. on a really good time. That's what I'm saying. I really I genuinely think it's a huge disservice to people that think that's the only way to play without the fear of death in game. You change the entire dynamic of the game like so incredibly like if you don't fear death you just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it i know i, I also i had this conversation with somebody the other day i'm like you know your character sheet still exists for that character after they die like you can just use them later they're not like yeah. you have to rip like you're at a table where they make they're making you rip the character sheet like so what they died yeah. save that person table them, bring them back six months later you know and that's also cool though i love games that are like literally talk about like even like even in hyperborea it's like even though you're dead dead 
like give him a minute to have some last words and really like you know do like whatever and like it, it changes the dynamic of the way that you play the game and i love that this game straight up fucking tells you no qualms about it you're gonna fucking die this is now. not about winning this is about the journey of your descent into madness like and 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 just being broken right and not surviving straight off the bat boom you're gonna fucking die deal with it and people can go okay cool and then just enjoy the descent so i i i, I do i do like that um so Anyway, so for each table on the following pages, plus a three in the beginning, um, you can simply choose your favorite option or roll a dark die and a light die, which is a mechanic in here, um, to select one at random. We should do Cthulhu Dark at some point, too. I think that'd be fun. Mm. Um, you can also... I wish we had more time to do, like, three games a week, but, you know, life, money, capitalism, you know. Um, Girlfriend. Right? That's what I was fixing to say, but I was like, now nah, I'm all that one in, but you said it. You're good. Um, <laughs> just get rid of her. Then we have more time. Uh, so you can also no, work I like with... her. <laughs> I like the Listen. time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you like your time with me too, you know? <laughs> I can do what she can do for the most part. You can also work <laughs> with your GM to make your own or use the character creation options found in Trophies Upload. So anyway, so uh, we love a numbered list of how to build a character. It's great. One, two, three, four. First, choose your name and your pronouns. Love that they throw that in your name can be anything but uh should feel like it fits thematically with the list of the samples provided do whatever well, hold on dude i don't have pronouns i don't have pronouns bro i mean you don't have to have them that's fine you i just have to respect other people's you know no it was a, it was a joke because that doesn't make any sense because everyone obviously and all pronouns you know it's how english works uh language yeah that is listen listen they don't know all right <laughs> 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 so anyway next choose your occupation and background then determine which skills you have skills increase the odds of success when taken on a task narratively your occupation indicates your role in the expedition an area of focus expertise your background reveals what you used to do when you choose your background think about what made you leave that life i love that i, I love that so and when you pick an occupation and and you get your skills you basically get a list of like three skills to come with it um i like that I also like games where it's just like, you know, um, if you were a um, a thief, anything thiefy just convinced me that was thiefy. But I do like that you get like the three options here in the yeah. game. It's good. And we'll go over those in a second. So next you choose your drive, right? So your drive is a reason you hunt for treasure. The GM will ask you to reflect on your drive during play and will almost certainly use it as a knife that they can twist in your back. And then finally, you choose your rituals and mark your ruin. Love this. Rituals are dangerous spells you can cast to perform miraculous feats. All treasure hunters can learn and use rituals, regardless of background or occupation. So magic exists and everyone can use it, but it's it, it's not that it can have a cost. It does have a it cost does. all yeah. the time. Yeah. So um, you can start with zero, one, two, or three rituals, but you must mark one ruin for each ritual you choose. Fucking love that. Um, beware each ritual drives you one step closer to the end. And I'm about to break. Um, you will lose yourself upon marking six ruin. So basically character creation name. You pick your occupational occupation, which gives you your background, which gives you your skills and, and your uh, job in the party. Your background, which is what you used to do. Your drive, which is why you're hunting treasure. And then you pick your rituals and you mark ruin based on how many rituals you pick. And that's it. It's really simple. Very simple. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really I like the uh, dark arcane uh, ritual thing. I also like that if you pick three, you're like halfway to ruin immediately. Like, no, you're you, you're. 
Well, keep going. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, it's six. If you pick three, you're at four out of six because one is marked off automatically. I thought, so wait, if you start, way, with, you're if you start with zero, it's it, you mark one ruin for each ritual you choose. So if I choose zero rituals, then I mark right. nothing. You, everyone starts with one ruin. Oh, really? Look at the character sheet. One's marked mm -hmm. off already. All these rituals, regardless of you can start with zero, but you must mark one ruin. Doesn't say anywhere here that you have to start with one ruin. We'll see it in a second. But also, we'll scroll down the next page and look at the character sheet. That's already got one marked yeah, off. Yeah, no, I mean, I know there's that one pre-marked, but it didn't say that. Uh, mark one rune for each ritual. I yeah. think it comes up again. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and if I am, I'm an asshole. But anyway, uh, the next page, and I really love this too, is a breakdown of the character sheet with like, you know, half character sheet, half art on the side. And it's also listed in one, two, three, four just like the things up nice. above we love we Beautiful. love this like number list of what to do and then a picture of the character sheet explaining where to put those numbers in this is a gorgeously laid out page too i really love it so it says mark one ruin for each ritual example if you choose two rituals you start with three ruin marked see what i'm oh. saying because one's already marked oh well okay so anyway, yes, if you max out your rituals, you're two thirds of the way to fucking just yeah, being done, you're dead, which is so. insanity, insanity. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I love six as a nice round number for being fucked. Um, there is a whole section here for conditions and which are mental and physical transformations you undergo and ruin goes up. Um, the GM can, GM can offer suggestions, but you work with them to determine how you are affected. Um, and then you can download the character sheet at trophyrpg.com. And uh, ooh, oh. That makes me sad. Not linked. It's yeah. not linked. Ah. Uh, so anyway, it's almost entirely hyperlinked, which is really fantastic. But it would be cool if you could click on TrophyRPG.com. That it's it would go to TrophyRPG.com. Those ones aren't since they linked everything else. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the index is hyperlinked. I don't know if there's a lot of inline hyperlinks for for other mm. things. We'll see. Well, I guess we can see as we go through. So anyway, so we're going to do this. We're going to roll up your character. So don't forget, there are a lot of. Um, uh, one to the beginning too. So why don't you roll uh, whatever you want? It's two d six, one uh, white, one black, or just pick one, one, and then two for one. Five five. Um, five five. So which do you want to use the top ones or do you want to use the second set? Um, let's use the second set, the one we're on since we're here anyway. Okay. And then do you want to do five, um five. one uh, one column across, or do you no, want to do one for I each one? I'm a I'm a roll for every column guy. Okay. So. All right. So five five for you means that your name is my name's Revel. Revel. Re Revel. I'm Revel. Yeah. Or Revel. Okay. Whichever. For uh, occupation, we have two, three. So I'm a Ooh. demonologist. Yo. What are Just your skills like there for a demonologist? Life. Yeah. Where are we at? Right here. Demonologist. You got demons, negotiation, and trickery. Those are solid. Very solid. Okay, and so then, that's your that's you in the party. That's your job. You are the demonologist. Right. I'm the party's demonologist. And then for my background, two six. Um, so I'm an expelled apprentice. Yo. Probably Perfect. probably it is good. Because you were fucking around with demons, bro. Probably like, I was fucking around with demons. Yeah. Um, you know, once again I will point out and I will continue to put the it's wild how often we do this with a table and we roll something, and I'm just like, oh, that's amazing. You know, yeah, yeah. Well done tables that 
all fit together and give you like that your story is already like you it's there yeah it's there it's there like i and 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 that's not to say they just make a table and it will be good like things need to be good to make a good table but this table they're so fucking good dude like yeah demonologist astrologer poet sellsword sorcerer zealot but the backgrounds are so fucking good there's so much lore in here too defrocked priest uh uh, cured beast bitten impeached official heretical inquisitor lured innocent i mean so good you also get a bonus skill with your background so what did you get for uh for being an expelled apprentice uh lore lore you're a lore boy so well done great my my i i'm a really good demon lore you know yeah well yeah yeah and then uh roll up that drive why why are you hunting treasure six two oh oh i want to retire in comfort in the rose district of amberette that's right. You got kicked out. You're not going to be a wizard. You ain't making money. You fuck around with demons too much. Demons ain't making you rich. Get some treasure. Use your knowledge of demons so you can retire and live the good life. Yeah. That's what's up. So that is a whole character. That's a whole fucking character right there. All you have to do is pick yeah. your rituals when we get to it. So what does this mean? There's a whole section here. It says many of the occupations, backgrounds, and drives refer to individuals, events, or locations, and identities that are not fully explained. Which is interesting. A little bit more is explained in Lumen. I think they say that in just a second. This is what is a beast? Yeah, they, they're about or to. Or a yeah. Feyborn. Yeah. So is a snake a smooth-talking charlatan or a literal serpent person? What happens at Countess Shima's Forbidden Festival? Who is Cyrus? And why do you need to take their place at the Earthen Council? What even is the Earthen Council? A player who selects one of these options should feel free to make up an explanation for them, either during character creation or during the course of the game. Some of these references do get explained a bit more fully in the Trophy Loom setting book, and in select incursions, but don't let any official quote-unquote explanations have any bearing on your game if you don't want them to. It's much more important to make something memorable and immediately useful at the table that everyone is invested in the story and feels able to expand on it during the game. Rituals are intentionally left vague, and the exact limits of their effects are fluid and uncertain. When a player uses the ritual, they should work with the GM to determine the scope and specifics of their magic in that moment. There's a lot of time in this game, or a lot of... Yeah, a lot of... A lot of parts of this game where it's literally like you tell me and the player comes up with the narrative and the story and the reasons and everything. This is a very group bill narrative game. And I really Love enjoy that. that. I do think these are, these are the, one of those games where like, it is very different than trad games, I think. And it's very heavy on player involvement. So people that might be used to just something like 5e or more like, you know, story GM is storyteller games where you're yeah. just kind of like more of a passive participant. This one's going to be a little different, but I also think this is a great one to throw people in the deep end a little bit and be like, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. So, I fuck with this. That's my end of yeah. the spectrum. I prefer that. You know, I, I want them to, I want them to play the game with me, you know? Yeah. Or I want to exactly. play the game with them. You know, like there's, I want there to be back and forth. That's exactly what it is. And that's what I want with my GMing too, is like I did the Storyteller 5e stuff and that's fine, but like I, I slowly transition into trying to be more of a an active participant in the game yeah. than uh, the Storyteller. I want to be more of a referee than than the, than the uh, yeah, Storyteller. Yeah, you're a, you're and, a cat um, in um, Ultraviolet Grasslands. Uh. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, so uh, character ritual options, bro. You get rituals. Are you, I assume you're going to roll up on these. I'm going to roll, roll one two, on- two rituals. 
Just two? Just two? I'll roll three. Roll three. One for each page, it says. So on page one, what do you roll? What do you roll up for your, your 2d6? Uh, I roll five, one, drain, remove all water from a creature. That's fucked. Oh, shit. Oh, my God, dude. That is fucked. I mean, I am a demonologist who's an expert in demon lore. And you that just remove 70? Like, the magic like, that I know is like yeah. kind of on the more fucked side. So. Well, they're all kind of fucked, too. Yeah, I mean, when you look fucked, at something so. like like Crucible, heat a metallic object to melting, like Beast, take the form halfway between human and animal. Like a lot of these are, if you like dark fantasy, and these are very non-Vantian, right? They're very broad, <laughs> but they're very dark and fucked. So like, it's good. So page two, what, what, do, we, what do we got on there? The Fs page and beyond. Page two, rolling. Uh, four, six. So that's lift. Ooh. Temporarily reverse gravity in a small area. Dope. Okay. And our, our third and final, cause you know, I'm just going to start with fucking four ruin. 36, three, six. Spark Ooh. touch Ooh. to revive a newly dead creature. A second touch, even accidental kills instantly. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine bringing your your buddy back and then like like an hour later they do something cool and you clap them on the back and boom they're fucking dead? <laughs> like, oh my god, that's Very so funny. good. It's so good. There's so many good spells on here. I I honestly think like like summons a good one. Draw a known creature to you. Oh, summon. That's I oh. would love summon. That's a good one. So, but that's the other thing too is like you can you can pick one. Or you can roll, like they specifically say you can do whatever. But listen, yeah, we, we know we're roll people. We know? roll in this household. Yeah. So yeah. listen, we we roll even critically sometimes. Yeah. You, I have a new I have a new guy at my table, at my bastard's table, huh? and he made a character. Huh? And he's like, so I do, I just choose stuff. I was like, no. No, yeah, sorry. Roll shit up. We don't yeah. do that at this table, brother. Um <laughs> if you're here at the founding of the table, maybe, but nope, you're jumping in late, buddy. Yep. We don't choose roll anything here. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, okay, so what do we got next? We got how to play. We're getting into the rules. This is another one where there's like, how do you, you know, play? Two, I don't, I'm not sure. Let's read it. Let's find out. This uh, another two thirds piece of art. This is like a ruin in a forest. And there's this character like kneeling uh, like um, in front of this kind of, of like, yeah, yeah, ruined statue. But next to them in the river is a dead character bleeding in the into the water so again high vibes so after you create a treasure hunter you are ready to start playing trophy dark your gm will start by describing the game as a whole setting expectations for the session and making sure everyone understands the safety tools used in the game so there isn't a specific section that some um, um games have where it says these are safety tools but it does reference that you should use them so you know use them um after that they'll share the incursion you will play Incursions are themed adventures with a set structure of five rings. The treasure hunters move through, bringing them further and further into the forest or other haunted environment found in this session. Each ring has associated terrors trying to destroy or push back the treasure hunters and temptations trying to draw them deeper in. During gameplay, the GM explains the rules as they are needed, specifically how you can use your treasure hunter's skills and rituals to make dice rolls and how those rolls impact your ruin conditions and the story. This chapter details the dice rolls, etc., etc. So um, next page, another full piece um, page of like, you know, badass dark forest art. Really well done. 
really gorgeous again keeping the vibes up so there's a whole section here on player principles um it's white laid out over a whole more uh, another background which is fantastic there it looks is, so uh, good it's how good is this? It's really great. It's, the, the art on this page is really good too. The art's great. I really like the de the inlay on the shield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other thing too is a lot of this art kind of has a very like kind of like digital version of oil painting vibe. I feel like this one's a lot more totally. crisp, which 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 makes it uh, stand out a little bit. But yeah, there's yeah. a there's a um a knight you know full plate shield sword no helmet looking out at you loving that kind of fourth wall break with it um set in like kind of like a ruined uh and forest there's like stone blocks and a forest and a tree up the side and then there's player principles right on the page so i love this idea i love when games have player principles and gm principles where that where the players can really be given kind of a little guideline on like like not how to play the game really mechanically but how to embrace the the yeah, game you are the, playing the spirit of playing this game like spirit yeah yeah um yeah. yeah i you know i was i every time we see like something like this in a, in a game that we go through it's always one of my favorite parts is like okay how do you want how is it do you want me to play this game because I'll, I'll play it the way they want me to um at least a well that's bit. the thing if you if you can write into your rules um some intent and if you can write up a player principle section that gives you a little bit of direction and then you can write your modules in such a way that encourages the intent that you wrote into the rules it allows those principles that you wrote to be used more effectively because the way you write the rules, the way the rules are presented will inherently, whether consciously or subconsciously, encourage a, a style of gameplay. If that totally. can be in, if that can be enforced also with this little like section here on principles and spirit of play, you have a you you have a, whether it's a good game or not, you have a game that players can more easily play to the intent that you, you designed at. And it's a really it's, it's great. And I think this one does it perfectly. So, player principles, uh, yeah, they are guidelines. Um, whenever you feel stuck about what you should do, look at these three principles. The first one is embracing tragedy. Your character has taken on this work out of desperation. The prospects are not good. Play up the inherent sadness of desperation. When presented with a choice, pick the one that pulls out your heartstrings and puts you in a predicament, especially in rings three, four, and five. So, listen, like, get fucked, like, in a good way, in your heart, you know? <laughs> right here you know yeah get, don't, fu don't, get fucked in your heart <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh don't hold back trophy dark is a game of ever increasing stakes and pressure but there are built-in release valves when your character's on the line push them when coming up with the devil's bargains which is a great mechanic um from there other characters go. go hard uh they can always reject your offer if it's too hard and then number three, play to lose. At some point, your luck will run out. Embrace your end and make it memorable. These are really great, again, reinforcing that concept. You're not going to make it out of here. So if you're going to be in this area that's going to fuck up your body and your mind, go hard with it. Like, just go all out and really embrace this, again, this descent into, into madness and ruin, you know? Go hard. So uh, we're actually getting into the mechanics of the game, which are like two pages long. Um, so rolling the dice is the first part. Um, you Really, the primary role in the entire game is a risk roll in dark. Different in gold, and we'll go over that in just a bit. But um, in trophy dark, rolls call for a dark light or a light dice. So each player should have a handful of six-sided dice in two different colors. Only players make these rolls. The GM only uses dice on random tables. That's it. Love that. We love, love GMs not having a roll. Oh, yeah. Luxurious, you know? So good. 
So um, real breakdown of how it works. So you, you, the risk roll, capital R's, is the beating heart of Trophy Dark at its core. It tells us how well your treasure hunter performs risky tasks. However, it also creates space for other players in the gym to suggest story details. When attempting a, risk, a risky task, say what you hope will happen and the GM and players um and ask the gm and other players what could possibly go wrong then gather dice so before you do any roll you say what you hope happens the gm and everyone everyone at the table comes up with what could go wrong and then you roll and i love that it's just like like everyone could just and i feel like people are going to keep building and building on each other yeah. someone comes up with the idea and they be like oh yeah but how about this oh yeah how about this you know like, well goddamn guys like you know um but that that that's a really cool way to do it so um, again, you start with light and dark dice. So you take a light die if the task is something you are skilled at because of your occupation or background. You only get one light die for your skills, even if multiple skills apply. If you don't have any relevant skills, you can't take this die. So it's, you're building a dice pool, right? So you start right. with your skills. If they apply, and even if five of them apply, you get one, right? So... Then you take a light die for accepting a devil's bargain from another player. Love the devil's bargain, right? There right. are complications that happen no matter the outcome, of the, no matter the outcome of the roll. You can only accept one devil's bargain. See the next page for more info. So that discussion you have with the players beforehand about what can go wrong, you pick one, right? You take a devil's bargain, and if you do accept a devil's bargain, you get another die, right? You can say no, not get the die, not get the complications. And you get another light it, die. And that matters. Light die. In the it does. It does. Because then you can add a dark die if you're risking your mind or body. You must include this die whenever you perform a ritual or if the gym declares that it applies. So the gym could just be like, nah, this is fucked. Dark die. Or you do a ritual. So really, the most that you can really put together here is two lights and a dark. Yeah. Yeah. Very few. Um, and you, not much of a pool, you know. Not really. It's more like a. It's more like a puddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dice puddle. If you roll, yeah. If you roll the dice, if your highest die is a, so this is that dice pool. Even though it's small, it's one die, not a bell curve. And then this is the concept again of low numbers fail, middle numbers success with complication, high numbers succeed. Love this. We know Lumen does this. I think this is a core rules for Blades in the Dark. We don't know. We haven't read it, but we will soon. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then that's it. So on one to three, you fail. Things get worse. Everything sucks. You're fucked, right? Four to five, you succeed, but there's a complication. The GM describes the complications. Then you describe how you succeed or vice versa. Also, keep in mind the Devil's Bargain, right? There is a complication from the Devil's Bargain regardless of the role, which could actually be in addition to the four to five. Right. Mm -hmm. wow. Because the devil's yeah. bargain says if you take the bargain, the complication happens even if you fail or succeed. So um, you could really just be rolling one light, one dark if you don't want to take devil's bargains. You could really just be rolling one. You could I don't I guess you could roll like no die. But I guess you always have to roll one. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you don't have any skills, you're going to be risking your mind and body for sure. So you're going to roll a dark die. Yeah. 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 Um, and then on six, you succeed. Good job. If your highest die is a dark die and the dark die is higher than your current ruin, mark one ruin. I fucking love that. Yeah. Right? Then work with the GM to define a condition describing how the forest changes you. And you can see conditions. Wait, do we have inline hyperlinks here? 
There is. So wow. we have inline hyperlinks. So I feel like the only thing not hyperlinked so far is the um, that just that link out to the trophy RPG page, which eh, honestly isn't that big of a deal. Wait, l let me check real quick. I don't think we checked for bookmarks in the beginning. Boom, baby, bookmarks. So navigation tools, solid so far. We'll give them that. Um, so if you are unhappy with your role and your highest die is a light die, you may add a dark die to your dice pool and re-roll them all. You may keep adding a dark die and re-rolling until you're satisfied with your result or until your highest die is a dark die. Hey, um, sorry, real quick. Try that inline hyperlink. What page does it take you to? Page nine. Is that an incorrect hyperlink? It definitely doesn't take me to page 19. Definitely does not take you to page 19. Oh no! At least it's there. You know they tried. What about uh, what about this one? Oh, still takes us to page eight. So yeah. uh, so it looks like some of the PDF hyperlinks in here uh, are inaccurate. Well, we'll try another one in a little bit when we find one. So the uh, the forest's rule: when dark and light die are tied, the dark die is the highest. Love that tie goes not to the runner. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Sucks I mean that makes suck. sense. Like this is this is the things get worse. You know. Okay. Yeah, it does. Things get worse, and even if it's tied, it's not. It's not for you. The forest always wins. You lose. So that's generally how you do a, a, a quick run through, right? So you, you, I want to do something, right? Everyone at the table tells me what could go wrong. If I use my skill, I take a light die. If I take a devil's bargain, so a complication from another player, of the GM, I take another light die. If I'm using a ritual, I'll take a dark die, right? And then I'll throw it all out there. One to three fails, four to five success with complication. Six is a success. But if my dark die is my highest die and it's higher than my current ruin, I take a ruin. If my light die is highest, I can take another dark die and roll again, right? And if I don't like that and my light die is still my highest, I can take another dark die and roll them all over again. And I can do that as many times as I want until the light die is not the highest. So... I love that. It's great. Yeah. And tie goes to the forest. Um, so yeah. So fighting monsters, uh, you I, you don't really get to in this one. You're 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 fucked. So uh, that's where gold comes in. But so for fighting monsters, World of Trophy Dark is dangerous, filled with a bunch of creatures. Um, there are two types: folk and monsters. That's it. Folk include people, sometimes strange or magical, and normal animals. Uh, they can be fought and removed from play through a successful risk roll. So there's no combat. There's no. It's just it's risk rolls, and that's it. Like you just describe the combat narratively and then see if you succeed or not. That's it. Because cool. again, Risk World is pretty much trophy. That's it. Monsters are something else. They relentlessly serve the forest and cannot be defeated by mere treasure hunters. If you attempt a Risk World to incapacitate or kill a monster, you will die. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So instead, roll to hide, roll to escape, roll to use a ritual. If you fight something that is not monstrous, or if you fight a monster without an intent to defeat it, for example, to fight your way past it, say what you want from the fight, then roll normally. So basically, you can use your risk roll to to do anything you want except head-to-head -head fight to kill, right? right. Um, or even incapacitate. You have to fight to get past. You have to fight to escape. You have to hide. You have to run. You have to use a ritual. But any direct confrontation with the monster, you just die. So... That sucks for you. 
I get a little bit different. <laughs> well, that sucks for you. <laughs> yeah, little bit different in gold, um, and that's really great. Um, I'm gonna finish Devil's Bargain, and then we're gonna jump to the left, which is fucking awesome. So, Devil's Bargains, treasure hunters laugh at danger, fueled by the folly of their pride, but failure nips at their heels, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. When you gather dice to make a risk roll, the GM or other players can offer you a bonus light die if you accept a Devil's Bargain. So we talked about that already. So, op so various options here. Causing collateral damage or unintended harm, getting lost or separated from your companions, sacrificing an item or a piece of treasure, betraying a fellow treasure hunter, or attracting unwanted attention. These are all things that you could do with the Devil's Bargain, right? right. So regardless of the outcome of the roll, you have to accept those consequences. <laughs> you make the deal, you pay the price, you get the die, um, and but you never have to take it. So that sucks. So anyone may veto or suggest alterations to propose Devil's Bargain, especially if it would also impact their treasure hunter. You may only offer and accept Devil's Bargains when making a risk roll. I like that. I like that. There's kind of like a built-in safety tool for someone to be like, "Hey, wait a minute. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, agree with I'm that. I'm gonna I don't get fucked by that. this. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I really enjoy that mechanic, but. What I was talking about on the left here is another great explainer page. There was a great explainer page for how to fill out your character sheet. This risk roll explainer, had, it reminds me of the content of like the, the mothership kind of table a little bit. But this is a straight yeah. up, what are these called? Um, Flowchart. Flowchart. That's exactly what it is of how a risk roll works. And I really, really, really love this. So yeah. top of the box, say what you hope will happen, right, is the, the thing is the kind of a header for it. And it says, ask the GM and other players what could go wrong. Then you gather your dice and it talks about the light die um, for the skills, the light die for Devil's Barking, the dark die again, it's already there. Then you roll the dice and compare. Did you roll a dark die equal to or higher than your highest light, uh, than your highest light roll? If yes, you take ruin, right? So then you mark one ruin and then you go to the uh, highest die results on the one to three, four to five or, or six, right? But if no, you can risk if you want. Are you willing to risk your mind or body for a better result? If no, you just get the die result. If yes, you reroll adding a dark die. And then it cycles back up to is your dark die equal to or higher? You know, if not, move on. I, great chart. Great chart. Yeah, absolutely. Also, super simple, super simple rule rule set. Like clean, nice, you know. Options with consequences. Really great. Um, yeah, so like, it's a you could I'm mean, really you could pick this book up and play almost immediately. You know, yeah. if you ever make a character real quick and just start, you know? Yeah. I think you could easily sit down at a group. Uh, if for, I think some, for some players, I've probably played a game or two before. You could sit down, crack this book open, have and with the players having never touched it, and in less than 30 minutes easily, you will already be in the adventure. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, All right. So... There's two other options here. There's a help roll. So if another player is making a risk roll that includes at least one dark die, you may offer to help them. Um, if they accept your offer, uh, you, they get another light die. Um, say how you expose yourself um, uh, to danger and roll one light die. So actually, you're rolling the light die, not the other player. Hmm. And you have to say how you're going to expose yourself to danger in order to help them. So this, uh, they may include your light dice result when considering their overall success. But if your light die result matches any of the dark die in their roll, mark one ruin, then work with the GM to de determine a condition. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, it doesn't work. 
the yeah man okay that really makes me sad there's an inline hyperlink but when you click it it doesn't take you anywhere i saw i saw you start to like pause and go towards them like it doesn't work i retry <laughs> oh man oh listen trophy i love that you guys did inline hyperlinks but i think your pdf is a, it just needs a little bit more work um maybe there's a more updated one that i haven't downloaded yet but um you know i the effort the effort was there um so anyway so if you try to help someone and your light die matches any of their dark die you mark ruin this game is punishing, Damn. and I dig the yeah, fuck out of fucked. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, you can only mark a maximum of one ruin when helping on a roll, this is particularly particularly relevant when a player re-rolls a risk roll. The helping player doesn't re-roll their light die. However, you still mark one ruin. So if you if they keep re-rolling and you've already marked a ruin, you don't get rid of it, but y'all don't get any more, right. which is nice. More than one player may offer to help, in which case each player rolls their own die. Um, and then, you know, also, you know you risk your ruin as well it's interesting like four people can give you like four more light die but that's really really and they have the and you can only help if a dark die is in the mix yeah because it has hmm. to be able to match it which is great um and then the other role is a uh, contest role uh contest roles manage situations where uh, treasure hunters are against each other love that so a little bit of pvp action right uh, to engage in contest, first agree on what's at stake, and then you gather your dice. So you take one light die if the contest is something you are skilled at. You take one light die for each mark of ruin you currently have. Oh. So, for example, if you have four ruin, you get four oh. light dice. So, listen, you with your four ruin should be PvP and all day, the baby. The forest is putting you, working you guys against each other, you know? Yeah. This is the forest giving you an advantage commensurate with how much it has dug its claws into you. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're being the forest bitch. Uh, take one dark die. The contest itself is inherently deadly or dangerous and take as many additional dark die as you are willing to risk. Fat stack, baby. Jeez. Um, you count all sixes that you roll. Whoever has the most sixes wins. And keeps of a tie, count fives and fours and threes and twos and ones, right? For oh, each, yeah. yeah, for each dark die in your roll that shows a one, mark one ruin. And then et cetera, et cetera. Oh, does this one work? It does, but it definitely doesn't take you to the conditions page. It takes you to the how to how to roll page. And so, lose yourself takes you to page twelve. Yeah, oh, one page so, above that. Yeah. So the inline hyperlinks again, uh, still there, still not working correctly. So, um, uh, oh god, contest roll. Okay, so that's yeah. contest. <laughs> yeah. Then we have a couple more rolls, ruin rolls. Um, your ruin shows how much the forest has dug its claws into you, including physical and mental harm you suffered. It starts at one, plus one for each ritual you start the game with. When you witness or undergo something disturbing, you will roll one dark die. If you're rolled higher than a current ruin, you mark one. So if if you see something so fucked you have to roll, um, you roll. So I, I think that's a really interesting mechanic. It feels very, like, I, I haven't read Cthulhu Dark, but I feel like that's a Cthulhu Dark thing. Where someone's like, that's that whole concept of like um, a little bit of like, I saw the Elder Tour, so my brain breaks a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah. Way <laughs> to go there, bud. Uh, so um, the, the reduction roll um, the forest wants revenge. Humans have stolen its secret and gifts and given secrets and gifts and given nothing in return when you mark five ruins so that's one less than maximum you may now reduce it by acting in the forest's interests so the reduction roll is really fantastic basically once it's got its claws deep enough into you if you start helping the forest you can start to reduce your ruin 
Hmm. How fucked is that? That's pretty fucked, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Destroying treasure, preventing the use of rituals, sabotaging your fellow treasure hunters, exit from the forest. You should do these acts in a way that does not draw attention to yourself. The more it looks like an accident or simple bad luck, the better. Each time you act in the forest interest, roll one light die. So the end of this game, like from I feel like about two thirds of the way in, devolves into yeah. PvP madness. Yeah. Yeah, it gets really chaotic and dark. <laughs> I want to play this game so fucking bad it hurts, dude. Like, if you rolled... So, if you act in the interest, you get that one light die. If you rolled less than your current ruin, your betrayal goes unnoticed, and you remove one ruin. If you rolled higher than or equal to your ruin, you decide whether or not to remove one ruin. If you do, someone notices... Otherwise, your attempt goes unseen. So that's very meta because obviously the people at the table, the people know what you did, but the characters don't, which is an interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the you only, have to have a table that can do that. So Yeah. The the way you could do, especially if you're on a VTT, though, is a whisper roll to the GM. Mm. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, you may continue reducing your ruin in this way when your ruin drops below five until you are back at your starting ruin your ruin can never go below the amount you start the game with so oh my so if you start with four you can never go below four if you get one ruin as your character that you built already you're already in a point where you can start fucking over the characters Dude, that's one. crazy that's a yeah. narrow you know yeah well i bet you there's a lot of people that just don't start with any ruin they, they're like fuck rituals man like maybe one you know but starting with three rituals, you're going to be more powerful. Right. But you're, but I mean, you're also a demonologist. I wouldn't be surprised if that character would just say, fuck it. I know three. I used to be an apprentice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. So that's really interesting. So um, I like that. So we're getting into conditions, which I really enjoy this too. Conditions are physical and mental transformations you undergo when a ruin goes up. When you mark ruin as a result of a risk, help, contest, or ruin roll, um, or other custom roll, the GM offers conditions, but you can work with them to determine exactly how they are affected. Conditions are often tied to the theme of the specific incursion. For example, in the flocculent cathedral, an incursion themed around moss, the following condition is provided as an option. A visible cloud of fine jade-colored spores spews out of your mouth whenever you exhale. <laughs> Great. So Amazing. So good. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that the condition isn't blinded, deafened. No, it's like restrained. you're really affected by the forest. You're becoming part of the forest, right? Yeah. You're like, uh, yeah. And or or themed around like maybe if it's a ruin and like stone yeah, themed whatever. one, the... you might get like stone dust. But yeah, like it's very narrative themed, kind of more I feel like a lot of the conditions don't feel mechanical. Like when we get yeah. to the condition list, it feels more narrative and flavor. But I feel like this game is doesn't have a lot of roles. Uh, there's has, not a lot of rules. Like, it, yeah, there's yeah, there's not. And I guess there's like kind of a, yeah. We'll get we'll get there. Yeah, um, I, it's flavor and vibes, man. Like that's what that's what's up. So um, uh, so uh, losing yourself, mom spaghetti. I'm yep. There we go. So when you, I was like, do I do it? Nope. So he's going to wait. There it is. All right. So losing yourself. When you mark your last ruin, meaning all six ruin boxes are marked, you lose yourself to the wilds that have been growing inside you. You choose whether you become a monster in the service of the forest, right? Uh, and the whims of the GM, or whether you simply die. 
This is an important moment. Everyone focuses on your last actions before you run screaming into the shadows, turn violently against your fellow treasure hunters, or take your final breath. The GM may allow you to take on a co-GM role, helping describe the terrors of the world, especially any terrors that directly connect to your now lost treasure hunter. Interesting part of this, though. Nowhere in here does it say, once you die, roll up another character and keep going. It does not say that. It does not. Once you're dead, you're fucking dead. Yeah. I don't mind that, because here's the thing. This is designed for one-shots, really. Like, it really is designed yeah. for one-session games. So if you happen to die, go crack a brewski, buddy. Like, you yeah, get out. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Or, or I like this code GM bit, where it's like, all right, like, you take the monsters now, and I'll keep doing the fourth bits. You know, that's really cool. Um, so there is a whole section of safety tools here. Listen, um, I don't... This should be in the beginning. I don't have a problem with where it sits. Um, but I also think that this could very easily be up at the top prior to character creation and especially prior to devil's bargain rolls. You know what I mean? The other thing too, with, with where things go is you read the whole thing. So it kind of doesn't matter where it is, but I do feel like this is, is it would, would be better suited in the beginning. Um, I am inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Um, is this, this is another, this is another, uh, uh, another URL that's not hyperlinked. Um, anyway, though, um, uh, even if it was, it might not work. So safety tools, it, it's just a section on safety tools. Um, there is uh, do everything in everyone's best intention. Uh, they recommend script change as an option. It contains uh, tools specifically for navigating difficult content and uses terms that are familiar to most people. Um, it has the pause, rewind, fast forward, frame by frame option. And it actually, instead of just a link out, it shows you those things. So these are, these are things that you can use, especially in a dark narrative section with a game that is so narrative built that a lot of times the roles aren't the focus. It's the story you're telling. Someone can yeah. just be like, actually pause, you know, do so pause, pauses the game, takes a break from intense scenarios, rewind, um, takes you back a little bit of time uh, you can suggest how much fast forward means hey this is a bit much for me let's just you know kind of cruise through this part and frame by frame means uh, frame by frame through a scene they want to approach with care this slows the story down so everyone can pause as they need to check in through each part so if things get real dark um do that um you, you can do any of those tools to do that i like that and especially in this style of game i think this is a really really appropriate um tool for more of like a narrative based safety tool really really good yeah yeah lastly take some time after the game to debrief um reflect you know do all that kind of stuff make sure everyone remembers that it's just a game and everyone loves each other and then move on um what else we got here so there's a whole gm guide here so we're going to cruise through this a little bit but i do like uh this section here before you start you pitch the game right give people a little something something yeah. Um, tr yeah. Trevi Dark is thematically and mechanically different than a lot of like trad games or whatever. Make sure people know that. Make sure that the, they uh, people know that the game is highly collaborative and improvisational. Make sure that they know the characters will probably die. Right. Um, and then um, uh, da -da -da. for a short introduction, you can use the following sentence. One sentence as an intro to a game. That's all you really need. And that sentence is Trophy Dark is a game about doomed treasure hunters entering a forest or other haunted space that doesn't want them there. Boom. Great. Love that. Amazing. Um, whole page of media touchdowns. How many of these have you seen? Um, several of them. Although I will one. say the one that I was most interested in and I haven't listened to is The Old Gods of Appalachia. Um, it's a podcast. I actually pulled up their website after seeing this. Um, oh, I'm shit. Gonna start, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start listening to it because it very much seems like a thing I'd be into. 
I feel like I've heard this. Is this a Monty Cook game? What? Old, old Gods of Appalachia? I feel like he put out a game about hmm. Old Gods of Appalachia. This is a... Uh, this is a... Uh... Uh, podcast, but I'm I'm into. It. Oh, play the game, play the game. Hold on, hold on, play the game. Is there a tabletop game? It I'm is a Monty positive. Cook game. Look at you! Wow, it's funny. Listen, I'm the Monty Cook games guy too. You so. are. Listen, I don't mind Monty Cook's flavor. I just I'm not you know the biggest fan of Cipher. But um, uh, I saw that. I almost backed it. I think Jason might have actually backed it. I'll I'll see if he's got that. Maybe we can take a peek at it. But um, it looked really dark and fucked up. Um, so it's cool. So anyway, for, for those that aren't looking at this thing, it is Aguirre, the Wrath of God, which is the film Annihilation, which is a novel and a film Apostle, which is a film. Black Swan is a film Blair Witch Project, Dark Souls video games, a field in England, which is the film Midsommar is a film. Mathaga Wood is a novel. All Guns of Appalachian, which is the podcast and game. The Rituals, a movie, The Ruins is a novel and a movie. The Wicker Man is, it says a 1973 film and specifically does not mention the later remake. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, the Witch movie, uh, The Witcher, The Last Wish novels, um, and The Yellow Brick Road uh, film. So I've seen Annihilation, Apostle, Black Swan, Blair Witch. I've played some Dark Souls, watched Midsummer. Uh, I've seen The Ritual. I've seen Wicker Man. I've seen The Witch. I've read a lot of The Witcher. So, yeah. Uh, this, oh, this really hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I never played the video game, but I've read a bunch of the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah especially all the short story stuff and 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 that. So yeah, that's um. You know, I'm sad that Henry Cable's not. Anyway, so um, I would love so gathering supplies. I would love some trophy die. Um, I bet yeah, they have some. Be really cool. I want some. Yeah, so uh, gather supplies. You need a GM. You need a handful of dice. You need a character sheet. All this stuff. Set stuff, expectations. You need the stuff you need. You need this. It's a game. Um, uh, set expectations. Describe the game. Describe the aim. Describe the tone. Describe the subject matter. Um, use your safety tools. Um, uh, getting to the GM principles. This is the important part of this whole section. Um, so uh, these again principles for players. You should have principles for GMs too. So address the players as their treasure hunters. So talk to them as their character because it is a very narrative based improvisational right. group storytelling you know group narrative game not storytelling um so be in character right address the players as co-storytellers like like i just said it's collaborative game so address them give them the options to take the reins and run with it don't be the storyteller you are helping get the story moving and and asking for uh, prompts and stuff and giving prompts. Um, the next one is make the treasure hunter stories dangerous and tragic. We already talked about that, you know, get your heart fucked. Make the world haunted and hungry. Um, ask pointed questions and build on the answers. Drive wedges. Never let a, let a good idea go to waste and return to the theme. Great principles, I think, for any game, especially dark games that you want to play. Very much. Yeah. Really beautiful, so. awesome, haunting piece of art on the next page. It's like a deer, like coming like from a light area into a dark area. So it's like backlit from the back, but his eyes are glowing in the shadow. Like it's just, it's this is a solid fucking beast. Spooky deer. Spooky deer is what's up. So there's a breakdown of the anatomy of an incursion. So as we said before, incursions are the, uh, the, um, adventures written for this game. Um, and there are specific ways to make those incursions. So the first is the theme. Right. So the theme is typically a single evocative word, sleep, water, masks, like pick something and run with it, you know, be evocative. 
right? Um, there's an introduction. So uh, talk to the players about the incursion, what brought them there, the information that they might need for the geography, for the history. Make sure they are aware of enough of the location that they can play without having to be like, so wait, what? So wait, what? The whole time, you know? Um, many incursions include a poem or evocative language to set the mood. Again, more vibes, vibe heavy. Um, Very moments. Yeah, so good. Moments are great, right? Well, anyone that knows us knows that we're big fans of Source of Victory. Source of Victory has a whole fucking online class about moments. Moment-based uh, design is really, really a great way to do that. So uh, moments are short, descriptive scene fragments that reinforce a theme. A moment in incursion with the theme of sleep might be thousands of dragonflies in torpor attached to a tree and tents. Love that. Torpor is a good word. Mm -hmm. Um for water, it might be pools. Fill in your footprints as you lift your boots from the thick gray mud. Pepper moments into your narration as they lead into a new ring. Moments are also good opportunities to reveal the fates of previous adventurers bound for the same treasure. For example, a game of the theme of water might have the moment three bloated bodies float down amongst the mangroves. Great. Um, conditions are the ways the forest manifests in the treasure hunter um, for uh, sleep. I like that they use the same kind of word throughout to kind of give you a vibe yeah. the whole way through. So uh, sleep says your dominant arm is plagued by constant feeling of pins and needles, or you find written words uh, illegible as if in a dream. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, probably my senior year of high school and a bunch of college, I would fall asleep in class a lot because, you know, I'm a night person. So morning classes yeah. were rough. The number of my notes where I can write normal and then the letters just get smaller and smaller, then just become like lines. <laughs> and then there's a squiggle where I woke up. I'll tell you what, it's like half my shit. So that'd be uh, interesting to see on a parchment. Um, conditions provide the incursions with a bunch of cool suggestions and stuff like that. Um, rings is the important rings part. Rings are cool. Rings cool are fuck. maybe potentially my favorite part of the, the incursion anatomy. Well, not only do I love the concept of like the ring gets smaller, so you're getting yeah. deeper into the middle of the forest, but it's also like rings on a tree, dude. Whoa, dude. Inside the tree, you know what I'm saying? Holy Isn't shit, that good? bro. Right? Yeah. But there's also... <laughs> There's also a, a, a like at the end of the rings bar, there's like a log here that kind of looks like a, a sliced log with the rings in it. Definitely does. Um, yeah. But I, I love that. The Like that is such a clever thing. Like the, the mechanically works really well. But again, rings in a tree is just such a really great way to do a dark forest game. Um, but yeah. So what, why, why do you, why do you love rings? You want me to read through what rings are first? Or do you want so to tell I'll you why just, you love I'll, that? We'll do, I'll just do a, the, the touch on rings. So basically yeah. there are, there is like Brian described, there are multiple rings going from large to smaller. And as your characters, your player characters, the treasure hunters progress through these rings, they offer terrors and temptations. And like, I just like that. It's like, yeah, ring one, the terrors are there to make them feel confident in themselves. Right um temptations are like just connect them to the wider world of like wealth and as they progress deeper into the forest the terrors get worse and the temptations get greater to where like i think right the second to last ring or so the terrors are actually made to chase them deeper into the forest um into an even worse situation and i just like i like how that's structured um yeah. really yeah. It, yeah i mean the terrors I think it said earlier that the terrors 
you know, really set the mood and the danger and the temptations pull yeah. them in closer. And it's great. And like, like you said, it's really great. You know, the tears in ring one build confidence in ring two, they're environmental in ring three, they create suspicion in ring four, they're monstrous. And in ring five, they're psychological. Like you said, like at four, I think you said they, they like, they chase them in deeper, which is great. Like it's so it's good. Yeah. I, this probably yeah. is my favorite part too. And even the temptations, right? In one, they're ephemeral. Um, in ring two, uh, it shows overwhelming evidence so that they're going in the right way or something. In three, they're personal. Because I think by re- ring three, your ruin's high, and you might be working for the forest already. Yeah. Um, in ring four, the temptations are desperate. And in ring five, um, they are always possessions of the treasure hunters or thing they perceive to be possessions of. Like, oh, God. They really, they really fuck you up in this game. So, uh, epilogue, it's not an official part of the encouragement structure, but it's nice to have, you know, ask everybody, debrief everything. Um, There's a section on additional tips. Consider the number of players, follow where the collaborator leads, stay in medius res. Um, Like any good movie, the best role-playing sessions start with characters already in the middle of action, right? So start, start, or start in medium res. So don't roll if the stakes don't matter. Frame your transitions. Linger on the magical and the monstrous. And um, that's it. Using with other games. So you can actually use this game during other games. So you can use it as a flashback scene. You can use it as a funnel into trophy gold, which I think is really fantastic. Very Um, cool. Yeah, you can use it as a framework. And then um, there is the scout. Yeah, that, that's it. So uh, does it just jump in instantly into this? Is still the GM's guide? Is it just? Oh, this is just like an example of an incursion. Oh, okay. um, is that what it says? Yeah, I think that's just a quick example of an incursion. So it gives you like, um, it gives oh, you yeah, the scoundrels right. quarter. It says defining the scoundrels quarter. Um, you know, there's the, the keeper of the bestiary, there's seasonal festivities, there's a neighboring ruin, um, there's a pro propiating the forest, and then it hops into, um, a trophy gold, a small memento. So, uh, this is the sample trophy gold incursion right off the bat. Um, and, uh, we're not really going to get into that, but you know, it's, it's great. So that's trophy dark. So uh, real quick before we jump into Trophy Gold, and we're really, we're not going to hit the whole book. We're really just going to touch on the one or two real big differences. Um, what are your thoughts on Trophy Dark so far? I really like it. A, a super good one-shot game, you know? Yeah. Like, I think um, I would need a table of people that are not going to take it personally when they go at each other's throats. Um, because, like, there is a point in this game where it's like, yeah, you guys are going to start fucking each other over. Mm-hmm. um hard yeah. but yeah hard I, I think it's really cool i i like that it's near mostly narrative very very mechanically simple um yeah. and I, I really like the fact that it's like at a certain point your ruin so high it's like yeah hey listen if you want your ruin to be lower and your character to keep going just fuck over your your friends a little bit you know oh. you really only if you do it two or three times then you're pretty good at that point right uh um, yeah yeah dude you know i feel like if you if you have a good trophy dark group, you have a good kingdoms group. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We, my, my, we did a we did a funnel adventure, and a couple of my players took that shit a little, a little personally. They died so many times. I'm like, I don't know if I can play kingdoms with y'all. Uh, you're being no. a little sensitive. So we 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 really need to get a solid kingdoms group together and a solid trophy dark group together of people that like. Listen, if you fucked me over so hard I died, I would be so proud of you. I'd be. Like, I, bro, I would. The bro. thing is, like, I find that shit hysterical. 
Yeah, like, it's great. I'm like, it's the funniest thing. Like, I mean, personally, I also think that dying in a funnel adventure is a blast, and you should try to yeah. die more, like amazingly. Um, yeah. So you know, you know what DCC has that I really want to snag, but I haven't yet are these stamps. They're like 15 bucks a pop, but it's literally like every time you die, it gets stamped on your page and you write how you died. What I really <laughs> genuinely want to do if I ever start running DCC funnels is get everybody like a little book. Like they're super yeah. cheap, little like moleskin, like little books or like a, yeah. the, the um, what are they called? Scout notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know the field, the field, field guide. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah, field notes. And literally have it like a passport. Right. And like if you die stamped time, date and how. And it also has like a quest completed stamp and um, some other thing I can't remember. But where you literally is just like, all right, we're doing another DCC funnel. You died. Boom. You died. Boom. You died. Boom. Hey, you beat it. Here you go. Boom. There you go. And literally create like DCC death and success passport. That would be dope as fuck. Hmm, that's so, really cool. Yeah. Uh, getting into trophy gold now is because we're going to go over both. But here's the thing. As we said before, trophy gold really just builds on trophy dark in a way that, you know, as we've said over and over again, you're really not going to survive in trophy dark. And here's the thing. If you're the last one that somehow makes it out with like five ruin and conditions don't really go away. So you're breathing fucking moss and like have a stone arm and shit and you limp your way out of the forest you're not really going anywhere like i mean is it better to survive i don't know that's the thing and that's awesome yeah right yeah very fair it's like yeah i mean you survive what's left of you survived you know right and that's cool good job good for you okay but yeah. here's the thing so people but but some people want to do a little bit more with that right some people want the options to go back in right and that is what brought around trophy gold Okay, so as we kick over to Trophy Gold, I love it. I love that there's a different logo for it. There's like it's like a sun with a dot in the middle. Like it's it's again great fucking vibes. And even the book again, it's not gold, but it is. It's a it's a, an image of a doorway with this like Medusa head on it, and snakes are running down. And the doorway is just like goldish color. The go the door is so cool. It's so good. Like. It's a and not only that, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you see a little dude. <laughs> it's a person. With a shield. Like, oh fuck, you, it's a big ass door. <laughs> you realize how fucking big the door is. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, same thing. There's a bunch of character options right off the beginning with your drive, your rituals, everything right off the knock. Um, another very similar page at the beginning with a piece of parchment, um, some some writing on it. It also makes a little bit more sense when you think about the incursions, how it said that sometimes they have like a poem bit or a narrative bit right. or something that keeps it going. So the beginning of the book makes a little more sense. But also this one has like a gold piece on it, which I think is a great nod to like its trophy gold. Like really, really cool. Um, trophy gold. Also, this one uh, only goes to 36 pages and then it's got from page 43 to fuck 250 is all incursions again with the uh, the mega dungeon at the end also i don't think you can do a mega dungeon in dark because you die but in gold no, you, you can die. survive a little bit more now yeah. okay so what are so let's go through what are the major differences major differences major differences and we will we'll cruise through stuff as we go but the biggest differences when we get to it are um hunt rolls and combat rolls so in trophy dark your main oh, beating, okay. yeah. The beating heart of Trophy Dark is the ruin, is the um um risk roll, risk roll, right? In this game, there are hunt rolls and combat rolls. 
hunt rolls we'll 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 get to it but those are the two biggest parts is trophy dark is really about digging in and trying to find some type of treasure or whatever but like it's almost kind of like it's a goal but you're gonna die getting there trophy gold is more designed for your treasure hunters to be successful but have to keep going back in and back in and back again thereby continuing to risk themselves over and over and over again hoping to eventually pay off their the debt that they did accrue for their drive or whatever and the big difference too um besides the hunt rolls with the combat rolls you can actually fight monsters now that's what makes you it a little different. Monsters. So there, there's actually hope that you can you can. I would totally out. run this as dark as a funnel adventure for gold. To get to like, gold. That's exactly yeah. how I would run this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the great thing is, even if everybody dies, you can create characters based on people that know about those people yeah. going into to find out what happened in them kind of situation, and then that can lead to gold even. So yeah, great way to do it. So um, kicking off into Trophy Gold, just to hit on the highlights and give you a little, little vibes for Gold and how it's different. There's a great page here for a deadly hunger, right? This is another narrative bit off the beginning. And then the what is this? Again, um, it says Trophy Gold is a role-playing game about treasure hunters. We did that before. Uh, the game tells the story of treasure hunters' obsessive drive to seek even greater riches in a desperate bid to stay alive. It's a collaborative push your luck uh, rules and rolls game, um, uh, the sister game of Dark, and blends them with the survive by your wits mentality of old fantasy RPGs. So instead of the ever increasing power that comes with leveling up found in other games, treasure hunters and trophy gold remain fragile, meaning death is always one roll away. So there's still high risk. But again, this one, it's more survivable, but you have to keep going back. Um, which makes it less survivable the more times you do it, which is great. So player guide here, we don't need to go. Character sheet, we don't really need to go, except there's five steps on this one, right? The difference being step four, choose your backpack equipment and combat equipment and set your burdens, right? So your burdens are a measure of how much debt or other financial obligations you have, and thus how much gold you need to recover from the forest before returning to town, your burdens start at one, but for each piece of combat equipment you choose, increase your burdens by one. You must have a weapon to participate in a combat role. So in the same way that rituals add to your ruin, your combat equipment adds to your burdens. Perfect. Super easy to transition from dark to this. It's the same thing. It's just a little same thing. It's a great... I love when games add something, but use the same mechanic so that yeah, it's the not... Exact you don't same have to learn framework. something different. Yeah. yeah, slides perfectly in. Very cool. So, yeah, it does. Um, so the trophy gold sheet is definitely bigger than the other one. It's uh, more a... of a character sheet. It's, it's exactly. more. Well, and uh, in the dry... Yeah, still numbered. The sheet is great. But if we go back to number three real quick, it says... Uh, in the dry, there's a little bit different different thing called two. It's called over the course of the game, you will collect treasure measured in gold, some of which can be stashed away in your hoard to support your drive. When you save 50 gold in your hoard, you achieve your drive and can retire. You start with zero. So you can actually save up the gold. So there's actually a spot of the character sheet <laughs> marked for all of your hoard. So it's really great. So character name, occupation, horde rituals there's a whole section here for combat equipment um and your burdens off to the side so the character sheet as you said definitely much more of a character sheet whole section for backpack equipment whole section for found equipment whole section for combat equipment um it's you know uh is this hyperlinked no okay so um yeah 
uh, more character options, etc., etc., etc. What does this mean? We've talked about that already. So, backpack options. Why don't you roll up some backpack options? Roll once and write down all three items. Where'd my dice roller go? Huh? Where'd my dice roller go? Guys, it's fine. It's it's right here. Okay. Um, I'm rolling two d six, right? Uh yeah. Five four. Five. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Roll one and write it down. Back to items. It says one or two, three or four, so five, five or six. Four. Yes. I got candles. Two hours dim. Mirror. Small steel. Um, and perfume. Six uses of that perfume. Six uses. Just right. in case. All right. I look pretty. Yeah. Uh, those sound like demon summoning equipments to me. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, it is. It does actually. So, all right. Um, additional backpack equipment. Your backpack has six slots for six items, but when you select your backpack equipment, you only get three items. What are the other three slots? Though you are foolish enough to be a treasure hunter, you are not so foolish as to go unprepared. When you rummage around in your backpack, you have open slots. You can pick any item from the additional backpack equipment table found in the back end papers. So if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, right, there is a whole fat section here of additional backpack equipment. So uh, pick or roll for any item you want. So why don't you roll uh, three times real quick? Uh, five, three. Okay, so that is uh, lockpicks. Three, five, which Ooh, is honey. Ooh. Ooh. And then a three, six, which is an hourglass. There we go. Still sounds very demon ritually. You know, Beelzebub, I'm sure, loves honey, man. So Listen, well, you're also in the forest, so, you know. That uh, axe murder Winnie the Pooh situation is, you know, it's a thing now. So um, fucking stupid. <laughs> yep. So uh, character combat equipment options. Um, add one burden for each item you choose. But let's get to the combat section because I think we come back to to this. It's interesting that it's... Oh, there's a how to play section. Oh, wait. Why is there a combat... <laughs> Did, did I miss the section that talked about combat a little bit more? Not really. No, it's how to play, and you're going to go down, and from there it's under rolling dice, and there's the hunt roll and risk roll. Gotcha, um, yeah. But there's a table here at the top that is And then is combat the, roll under that. Yeah, uh, and then I guess you'll come back for the combat equipment section. So, yeah, uh, how to play. We already talked about that. Player principles, they're all... So these are a little bit different. So be curious... Uh, both as a player and as a character you're playing as an explorer. Play to win. Play like your character's life depends on it, because in this game it does. But also play to lose. Your luck will run out. Embrace it at the end. So try to win until you know you can't, and then try to lose. You know? I like that. How there's a little bit of a tweak and a little bit of a vibe change. So the hunt roll, as we said, is the biggest fucking difference in this, right? So the hunt roll works very similar to the um, risk roll but for different reasons, right? So in the hunt roll, nearly all of the actions in the game flow out of it. It's common to move immediately from the result of a hunt roll into a combat roll or risk roll. The purpose of the hunt roll is twofold, to learn about the world and to collect a metagame currency called hunt tokens. Mm. Yeah. Um, when you press ever deeper in pursuit of a specific and immediate goal, um, either set either the set goal or a separate goal, say how you are exploring the environment, then roll, then gather six-sided dice. You take a light die, 
just for exploring the world and asking the gym questions. And you're taking another light die if you have an appropriate skill. So not really doing a whole lot of dark dice situation here. That's it. Like you're just rolling around, exploring, figuring out what's going on. And if you have a skill, you just do that. There you go. Um, if uh, you roll, if your highest die is a one, you lose all your hunt tokens and encounter something terrible. Only the player rolling loses their tokens since the tokens are gained and lost individually. So it is different. It's not a one to three. On a one, you're fucked. On a two to three, right. you encounter something terrible. Right. On a four to five, you gain a hunt token, but you also encounter something terrible. And on a six, you gain one hunt token. I love this. This is such a yeah. great mechanic for finding out information, um, random rolling, random encounters, like everything. This is such a great mechanic for exploring an area. Yeah, I really like this a lot. I also love that it's just like <laughs> on like, you know, five of six, it's like, yeah, you encounter something terrible. <laughs> yep. So you're pretty much always going to encounter something terrible, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, four through six get you a hunt token. So like half of the die rolls get you what you need. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Um, a GM will provide answers to your exploration and independent of the result of the die. The quality of the answers depends on what you roll. Um, the immediacy of the danger also depends on that. On a one to three, the encounter is present and threatening, such as a monster on a trap. But on a four to five, it's, you know, that concept of like uh, signs of it. So right. danger signs, ominous sounds, things like that. So uh, it's very similar to like, you know, the vanilla game and stuff like that, where it's either right on top of you or you see a, cl a, a clue and it's around the corner or something so hunt tokens are a metagame currency that allow players some narrative control one token can be spent to find a treasure with one gold spending three tokens allows the treasure hunter to achieve a goal this is the set goal but can be any goal um tokens are gained and lost individually but also pulled as a group if a treasure hunter dies your tokens can be claimed as gold by their companions um then there's a risk roll which we've already gone over don't need to do that again Right. Um, we've already gone over Devil's Bargains. We've already gone over that. It's 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 really almost the exact same page, but I do like that they tweak the art a little bit. I yeah, yeah. But the then, combat um, role. The combat role is. I think this is one of the bigger. There's like two. Yeah, it's like a page and a half for this, which is honestly like the longest narrative of a role. But really, a lot of it is the. Um, uh, there's like a. a um, narrative section here but so when you attempt to defeat a monster you combine efforts with your fellow treasure hunter so it's a group role to beat something so first say how you expose yourself to injury or attack then roll one light die the number on the die is called your weak point and represents the risks you are facing to face the monster if multiple characters are involved each rolls their own die then you gather a dark die for each character involved in the attack who so everyone involved gets, you know, rolls their own light die, and then there's a dark die for everyone in the situation. So huh. say what well, weapons you're using. It's a stack dark dark die every time very quickly, you know? Dude, like, so yeah. there is, you can fight, but God, it sucks, you know? Versus Trophy Dark, where it's like, you just can't. Yeah. You know? So it, it's interesting that it does give you the option. Um, so it is a slightly more survivable game, I feel. Slightly. Marginally. Uh, so you say what weapons you're using against the monster, then roll all the dice together. To defeat a monster, uh, you must roll against the monster's endurance, which is set between 2 and 12. The gym may reduce the endurance if you have relevant skills, etc., on are taking advantage of equipment or has the weakness of a monster. If the endurance would go below the number of dark dice you rolled, then no combat roll is required. You just you, you beat it. 
you know, because you couldn't roll below that anyway. So the right. GM may increase if it's protect increase the endurance if it's particularly tough. If the endurance would go above twelve, the monster's too difficult to fight, and you have to either figure out a way to reduce it or retreat. If the total of the two high two highest dark die is equal to or higher than the endurance, the monster is defeated in the manner you and your players describe, and you collect the gold. So dark die are kind of good so far, kind of. So yeah. if any, right? If any of the dark dice equals your weak point, your character's ruin increases by one for each dark die matching the weak point. Again, I love that because it's the same mechanic as like help, right. which means you've seen it before and it's not new. It's just used in a different way, which is a really great way to do all rules. Um, you can choose to mark a piece of your armor to ignore all ruin. Um, uh, increases for your treasure hunter doing a single roll. When you, you can choose to mark a piece of armor to ignore all ruin increases for your treasure hunter during a single roll. Wow. Um, describe how your armor absorbs to hit to protect you. Marked armor is unusable until you safely return to town. So you kind of have this hmm. like uh, hit protection situation with yeah. your armor. Yeah. Yeah. Like damage soak kind of, you know? Um, well, it's not because once it, once you hit it, it's useless. So instead of soak, it's more like, um, I get, I get like armor points kind of like you have five to spend and if you take five yeah. damage, it's done. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, at this point, if a player wants a treasure hunter to retreat, that player must hand their weak point lie, weak point light die over to another player who now suffers if either their original weak point number or the new number comes up during a reroll of the dark die. If both light die show the same number, the treasure hunter must reroll one of the die to a different number. A treasure hunter who retreats in this manner can do so without triggering a risk roll or any other consequence for themselves, but the number of dark die rolled goes never goes down even when a treasure hunter leaves a fight. Bro, so if you want to bail, you're fucking your buddies over. Yeah. <laughs> Here, hold this for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, if the two highest die, dark die, are less than the monster's endurance and you wish to continue the attack, add one more dark die and re-roll all the dark die. You may keep adding a dark die and re-rolling until you defeat the monster or until all treasure hunters give up the fight or die. Keep in mind that each re-roll increases the odds of your own ruin going up. Retreating as a group from your incomplete fight may trigger risk rolls or other consequences. Again, it uses that same mechanic of the risk roll within yeah. the combat roll that you can keep adding, but you're, you can get fucked. And talk about risk rolls in combat. Rather, the, um, uh, rather than participating directly, you can attempt to weaken the monster with a risk roll. Um, say you were trying to weaken the monster, the risk roll, uh, if you roll a four, five, or six, you reduce the monster's endurance by one. If you're using a ritual as part of your risk roll, see rituals in combat. Um, and yeah, so uh, range weapons in combat. Um, this is pretty much the last kind of bit we need to go over in this, and then we're pretty much done. Um, range weapons such as bows, crossbows, and slings can be treated as other weapons when used in combat. However, range weapons may be used to reduce the monster's endurance by putting your ammunition and the use of your weapon at risk. Range weapons start with three slots of ammo, make a risk roll to reduce endurance as normal, but instead of a devil's bargain, add a light die for each unmarked slot of ammunition you're willing to risk. For each light die that comes up one, two, or three, mark a slot of ammunition. When you have no unmarked slots, you can no longer use this weapon. You can spend one gold back in town. So really, range, cool. re range yeah. weapons are like kind of the go, huh? Well, if you stay far back and chip away until your ammo is gone, you can reduce the endurance enough that you have the op So if you do come yeah. across someone whose endurance is 12 or higher and you couldn't beat it, 
stay back, hit him with some ranged weapons, use up some of your ammo, reduce that to like eight or nine, then go into the combat role, hit the melee stuff and keep going. Great way to do it. But also I love how simple this is, but how extraordinarily deadly it is and how the rules encourage tactical, thoughtful play. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, rituals in combat. There's a whole section here. So basically, same thing. Before the combat roll, declare whether you're using magic to weaken or attack. For weakening, you may directly, you may not participate in combat roll. Instead, do a risk roll as above. Um, on a one to three, you don't reduce a monster's endurance and you suffer a consequence. Um, on a four to five, you reduce the endurance by one. And on a six, you reduce your monsters, the uh, endurance by two. Um, for a direct attack, excuse me, you may be able to treat your ritual as a weapon. Rolling a weak point and combat die. This is especially risky with magic. However, as the GM may require you to roll a risk roll before using a ritual this way. So you mm -hmm. like have more rolls, you roll more often yeah, for ruling failure. Well, it has so many opportunities to fail on that. Yeah. Um, and then help rolls, contest rolls, conditions, losing yourself. Um, uh, so burden in gold, and then that's really, uh, that's about it. So gold is an abstract value. It really just helps you uh, retire and get the fuck out. So... Um, gold can be found in one of three ways, uncovered naturally during the course of an incursion. Um, it can be found spontaneously by spinning a hunt token, or it can be harvested by a defeated enemy. Roll a number of die equal to the final endurance the monster was defeated at, which is interesting. The higher you allow the endurance to be when you defeat it, the more gold you get. If you knock the endurance down to like nothing before you do your combat roll, yeah. you don't get a lot of gold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> burns in spending gold when you embark on a hunt for treasure you are making a commitment you must recover a certain amount of gold to pay off your debts you start the game with one burden plus an additional burden for each piece of combat equipment you choose to start with reflecting the cost of upkeep so if you want to start with a bunch of combat equipment you have to keep going back in and get more and more and more gold yeah. to get rid of all your burdens you may take one additional burden over the course of the game so there's um household access to a higher quality of life automatically heals you have one ruin and clears all conditions when you turn home. So that's another burden you have to have. A, a library, you can acquire a few small spell books you can carry with you on your journey. Studying them unlocks new rituals at a cost of one burden per ritual. Um, and then training, you have a mentor training you in the use of new skill. Each skill you acquire costs one burden. Library is interesting because you could take a ritual with burden as opposed to with ruin. Hmm. So you have to pay off more, but you don't risk your ruin destroying yeah. you. Huh. So, yeah. Um, and then there's, right, there's uh, there's other burdens that you can have, other things you can spend gold on and things. There's carousing, where you spend one gold in town, um, but you can get information on monster weaknesses. There's equipment, you can spend one gold in town uh, to open up a single cross-out slot in your backpack. Um, there's healing, you spend one gold to get rid of one ruin, which does not exist in Trophy Dark. I like that you can use money to heal a little bit for the ruin you have. And then yeah. there's hoard. You stash your gold in your hoard. Once you have 50, you're good to go. And that's it. There's also hirelings. Um, you know, oh, you can gold. hire them. Yeah. You can, for two burdens, they get two skills, two pieces of equipment, three ruin. For each additional skill you mark off um, or, or ritual, you get another burden. For each additional reduction of ruin, you mark another burden. So burdens are very heavy in this game. Yeah. Which really... They keep going keep... in and getting that money, man. That's it. 
Um, there's a whole section here on backpack equipment, combat equipment, found equipment. Um, you know, it talks uh, about the um, uh, bestiary. It also talks about uh, campaign sheets and the kind of various differences between that and, um, you know, the, the original incursion. Safety tools, once again, there's a game master guide, which is very similar to the other one. The pitch, the supplies, the expectations. The principles are roughly the same. Um, and then, uh, oh, this is this is one of my favorite pieces of art here. Oh, it's a, so cool. It's like a so giant, cool. yeah, almost stone-looking jaguar thing coming out from between jaguar. some other stones. Yeah, but the eyes and mouth are glowing with this red, you know, and it's massively overshadowing this guy who's swinging an axe, and damn, he's not going to win. Um, and that's it. And that's really the big difference between trophy and gold. Really, the huge difference is the hunt roll, the combat roll, and the, the options for burdens and the various things you can spend yeah. burdens on. Which and really I mean, is a great... The, yeah, having gold as a resource, using it to heal, like using it to heal ruin, that's pretty big, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that's huge. I mean, yeah, I mean, very cool. Also, like, libraries, household, hirelings. And the interesting thing, though, is like the more of those things you use to help you, the more you have to play to pay it off. Like it's almost yeah. like real life, you know, it's crazy. So um, like that's trophy, life. right? Spend money on things and then be in debt. Late stage dystopian capitalism, everybody. All right. Getting into the review, because I think this is book review. I mean, we did two books, 80 pages yeah, of rules across the two. I'm good. This is one. It's one. Yeah, I just put trophy. Yeah, I trophy. mean, it's, a, it's the same vibe. It's just, honestly, trophy gold is just kind of like expanded optional rules, realistically. Yes. Yeah. Just um, like uh, Um It's an optional game that you don't have to take that option. Um, so, uh, trophy art. So, for, again, real quick breakdown of what we do. Um, it is a, a, a uh, numerical metric of what we think about the game, broken into five different um, sections. Art and style is the quality and quantity of the art within the book, the style in which it's laid out, all those kind of things, vibes, all that stuff. Layout is how well the book, is, how readable the book is, um, if it has bookmarks, hyperlinks, um, physical, if it has uh, ribbons, all that kind of stuff. Really, the, the physical layout of the book, the navigability, readability. Rule set is, if it's a new rule set, um, is it cool, fun, and interesting? If it's an adapted rule set, how well is it adapted? Are there any unique elements? Things like that. Originality is kind of a broad category. A lot of it fits into like setting and lore, but also if it's new rule set that's got some real uniqueness to it, a real originality even, that would go in here. So really whatever, whatever shines across all of these things. Um, and then value, bang for your buck, how much it costs, how much you get for how much you spend, online resources, um, expanded content, third-party licenses, generators, all that stuff. That's it's bang for your buck. That's value. So art and style thoughts. So it's got really good art. Mm -hmm. It's got really good art, but there is a lot, a lot of pages that have nothing on. Them. You know, uh... I'm scrolling through, especially when you get into incursions and stuff. I'm scrolling through dark right now. And there are several instances where there are many pages back to back with no art. Um, I don't disagree with you about the incursion section, but I really think the incursions as like adventures, it doesn't really bother me in the incursion since a lot of it is just really like tables and info. But they do have beautiful art at the beginning of each incursion. Yeah, but the beginning of each in, incursion, yeah. In the first 40 like, pages, if, though. Uh, so even in 
Uh, I guess that's the kind of it's like most of this book is just incursions, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Full of gold back up. But in the first like 40 pages, even in dark, there's a lot of pages of full art. Um, and there's a lot of art like the the page with the knight that has the player principles on where the the um from that with like the the knight with the shield and then the player yeah. principles are white over that. A lot of that, I mean the parchment pages Again, player's guide, full page art, next page, third page art, next page, half page art, a uh, couple of tables, roll like tables don't have any art, then how to play, half page art, then another piece of full page art, then another piece of full page art, uh, one page without art, another piece of art, two pages without art, three pages without art, another full page piece of art, another half page piece of art. I feel like you don't really go like two pages. And I feel like if there's every time that there's three pages without art, the next page is like a full page and then it hits the incursions. So I don't. Yeah. So in gold, pretty much between 22 to 33, there's no art. Okay. So 10 pages in a 250 page book. I don't disagree with you. I mean, like, I don't think every saying, page this, this is not getting an eight for in art for me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So art, I, I, I think the art that is there is fantastic. I think the, totally. the way that the art is used is fantastic. What do you think about style? What do you think about the vibes of the book and, and the art used in the layout and stuff like that? I mean, I think it's pretty good. I, I, I don't think this is like an art book. You know, mm-hmm. I think it like has some like. There's not really art used on the pages. There's a lot of like end cap art or like start of chapter art. Um, I agree. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the art in this is really good. I just I'm, I'm not looking at this one for the art, you know. Um, I, th- I mean, that's valid. I, I, I think. I think I like the art a little bit more. I love the style of the art. I think it's every single piece is extraordinarily evocative. Um, I think the way in which the art is used is really well done and really evocative, even as far as like the cover and stuff like that. And I think that for books of this size, um, it does have a pretty decent amount. It's not like Lancer where we go 50 pages without a piece of art or anything like that. Did we give Lancer like a six on art or something? I think we did give Lancer a six. You think there's only one better than a six than, than, than Lancer? Yeah, I would say this is a seven. I mean, I think that threshold, it's not what it's one better. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a level better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to look here. Uh, Into the Odd had an eight, and I feel like it's got a similar thing where it's like there's not a lot on the pages, but a lot of in between. But the art, we love the style on that. But I don't feel okay. like that had any more. Um, what else did we give an eight to? Viking Death Squad got a nine. Gun and Slinger got an eight. Flayo got an eight. Babes in the Wood got an eight. Frontier Scum got an eight. I don't feel like this. I feel like this has, more, you know, I mean, I, I I definitely agree that it's not a nine or a ten for sure. Yeah. But I think with how evocative the art is, I do think there is quite a bit of it, um, at least in the first, in the rule section before you get to the incursions. I'm between a seven and eight on this, but I'm leaning eight. But if you're a heavy seven, you know, that's fine. I'm still lean seven. I'm looking through into the odd right now, and I'm still leaning seven on this one. Okay, we'll go seven for That's cool. It's valid. My question, though, what would you do? What would be different? What would make it an eight for you? Um, I would like a little bit more of like the like 
in page art, especially where there's these big gaps, you know, or mm. even like the tables being a little more dressed up because this is such a table heavy book. You know uh, what? I wouldn't. I think you're right. I think I think a little bit of art on the table says you're right. There are, there are pages after pages after pages. Sometimes pages roll of tables. tables. A lot of the empty spaces give me tables, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of tables, and they're really cool. But even scrolling through it really quickly, I was confused by the tables because they're all just like um, very. They're, they're just the same. They're very samey. Samey. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think again. So this is one of those things where like. If we have a bunch of tables that are that are black on white page, it might drop a little bit in style. But I think that also increases in layout, though, because Probably. readability. Yeah, of black I would say on the white. layout of this is really good. So, yeah. OK, so, yeah, I'm down for a seven in art. Um, I think also we are being a little bit more critical in this. I'm going to say this this year post like, you know, the, the game year recap of 22. So I think a lot of the scores we've given are a little bit. Oh, let me hide that. Um, are a little bit um, uh, a little bit more critical this year for that. Yeah. But yeah, so seven. So layout then. Thoughts on layout then. I mean, so here's the thing. It does have bookmarks. It does have a completely indexed hyperlink. It does have inline hyperlinks, although it seems like some are broken and need to be fixed a little bit. That might be a PDF export issue, though, which doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah. Even as a hyperlink guy. But the fact that the, the index is completely hyperlinked, and bookmarked yeah. and for the most part there are attempts at all of the inline hyperlinks and that the all three books have different color ribbons um just for navigation i feel pretty i'm not really gonna knock them that hard for for having a couple of broken links in it um, right what are you thinking i don't know well so so that's just navigation but as far as like actual visual layout I think the readability on this is it's rebuilt the rebuild is great the flow charts are great um there's also oh like God. The flowchart no, continue in the incursions as well. Um, we didn't go mm -hmm. through it, but there are some in the incursions, especially in um, the well, the uh, roots of Old Calder. The mega incursion has like a mm -hmm. really fucking sick hyperlinked flowchart that the hyperlinks work on it. By the way, um, so you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this. What do you think? What do you think? I'm an easy eight on this. Easy eight. I'm a pretty easy eight on this as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, to get really above eight, we've rarely given anything uh, higher than that. And like every Troika is a 10, nothing touches it. So every, the highest you can get is yeah, nine. Troika is like that, every other page. There's like four inline hyperlinks that refer back to another page. And you can just yeah. click back, you know, it's, it's so great. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> even for nine, something like death in space where like they have things where like every like um, like chart or table on it has its own page and the page of tables is hyperlinked to all those tables and every chapter is color coded by header colors and stuff like that so like yeah multiple ribbons i mean so that that that's so far above and beyond i feel like as far that this is about as good as you can possibly do uh layout on a game without getting to the point of like i said color coding entire chapters color totally. coding pages yeah. like going above and beyond i feel like eight is the best you can possibly do for doing exactly what you know needs to be done and anything beyond that is is a, a beyond so eight is peak for me for layout for most things um rule set just general thought it's a really solid rule set i mean there's not like a lot to it frankly mm -hmm. um but the use of light and dark dice the kind of pseudo dice puddle um that you use um, I think it really works really well, and I like the addition of the combat um, and the hunt role. Um, 
don't know that I'm in love with the hunt mechanics. I would have, I would kind of want to play it and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I don't, and this might just be me, but the idea of like a meta currency, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't, I'm not in love with it. I don't hate it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it all fits in really well. It all works how you think it would work, especially if you read dark and then you read gold, which is a, a little more complicated, but not complicated, but it works. You know, it works how you think it would work. Um, mm-hmm. How are you feeling? What do you think? I, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with it. I think this, this, especially reading Hyperborea yesterday and looking into something yeah. that's like, <laughs> what about oh, like fuck, five, thank God. <laughs> yeah, like five, six hundred pages of just like charts and rules and procedures. And like, you know, I know how much my character weighs and I know what time the sunset, you know, is on like lunar calendar days. And, and, you know, when I look at this, the thing about this that I love is the elegance. I think that something doesn't have to be complicated to be really good rule set. And I yes. think the elegance is so good. And I think the other thing too is like, uh, you can just roll one or two dice, but like if you in in um when you get to combat rolls, if you have four people in combat, you are rolling like sometimes six plus dice. So the pool the the puddle does get to a pool pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, because a pool. Yeah, yes, you're and right. Anytime you do push the risk, like you could be you could easily just start with four die and then push if you want so um but i think overall the rules are extremely elegant i think for what the game wants to be i think it is the exact correct amount of crunch the i wouldn't want any more rules for the style i think that the rules themselves reinforce the style of gameplay over and over and over again with the risk rules with burdens with everything i can't i can't and i don't mind you know what I like the hunt role as it exists, but I do think that the meta currency thing is probably the only thing in either book that gives me any pause at all. I think that there's not a single bit of dark or trophy outside of that that I'm not madly in love with. I think that is the only thing that like, not that I dislike it, is that I want to play it and feel it and feel how it works. Because the game is so like, stay in the narrative, push the storytelling, like yeah. that little tiny break into meta makes me, gives me like the that's most- That's the thing, the, that, and maybe that's what it is. It's like, this game is so like, yeah, it's exactly that. It's like, well, you're breaking the, you're breaking the fourth wall for this one thing, you know, like. Yeah. And again, mm. I don't, I don't hate it. I want to, I have to play it so I can feel it because it might feel yes. great. Because the totally. other thing too is with your hunt tokens, you can, you cash those in for in-game things anyway that you want to do, like find the gold, do this, do that. But it does kind of feel weird to cash in something meta for something in-game that's so narrative focused. Yes, that is what feels weird. Um, But still, very solid rule set. Uh, I'm sitting at like a good seven to eight on this. You know, yeah, so I, I feel like I'm an easy eight on this. Like, I think eight's great. Okay. Yeah. I, again, we're, we've never given a 10. So nine's peak. And honestly, like, I love, I love the rule set. And here's the thing, too, is like, trophy, trophy gold seems dope as fuck. Right. But trophy dark has my soul. I think I prefer trophy dark as well. Yeah. So. I can, I, yep. Yeah, I, and the thing, too, is like, I feel like there are a lot of things that you can do with, trophy dark by adding in elements of gold even if you didn't like the hunt token i feel like you could just remove that meta currency and it doesn't change the game at all it doesn't change the game at all no you absolutely could because you could just really do um just the just the encounters you know what i mean like whether you and have something super bad happen or something really good happen i feel like getting rid of that bit of meta doesn't change which means do you really need it um yeah but 
I think this is an easy eight for me. Um, and if the, if we were just doing Trophy Dark, if we had not added gold into this, I'd probably right. give this a nine. I'd probably yeah, I probably would. I probably would too. That 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 rule really does throw me off. I almost wonder if like they added. I I see the thing is I don't know which one came first, but it's almost like they added in oh, two dark. new dice rolls. What's up? Dark. It's almost like they felt like they needed to add two dice rolls and not just one. Um, so they're adding just a little bit more. You know? But here's the thing is I don't mind the hunt roll. I, I love the mechanic of the hunt roll. I love the if you're asking questions, you roll. I love that if you're exploring things, you roll. And I love that I don't, like that as part. a GM, that I don't have to determine yeah, when an encounter it's happens. It's not the roll. I think it's the meta currency. It's I think the, it's currency. the currency. I think, yeah. Again, if you dropped out the hunt tokens entirely and just had the hunt roll as a way to encourage exploration and yes. therefore encounters. There we genius. go. So yes, you can that's, literally that's just... It cross out the hunt token section of yeah. it keep the hunt roll in and i think it's fucking awesome you know you could even use the hunt roll in dark really if you wanted to because you can encourage the exploration but but the rings forces you in anyway in dark so you know you don't need it but in gold i feel like you do need it you just don't necessarily need the meta currency but i also think that once we're playing it it wouldn't bother us i think just in like a very like analytical way yeah analytical way there's a, a slight tweak because there's just a tiny bit of disconnect caused by it yeah um but yeah easy so, eight and if we're just doing dark it's a nine originality hit me or, with or, it. originality yep what yep. are your thoughts what do you got what's um, inside you i think i don't know what do you think i'm really sure i what like, I, I love i love i think it. it's a I really great it. game yeah i think I think it's great. I think so. We know that it is a it is the 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 you know the bastard offspring of Simbaroom, which again I love. We know that it is a, a mashup of Cthulhu Dark and Blades in the Dark, even though we haven't read either of them. Um, and uh, I love the rules, but what I love I think the most, and what I think is really original about this, is the this concept of uh, hunting deep into a dark forest. Dark forests are fucking cool as fuck. Right. But the yeah. entire concept of the game is literally you're doomed and have no other choice but to try, even though you know you are going to fail. And that how many games do you really play that really sits down and not only encourages you to try anyway, although you're doomed, but is written to be literally a descent into madness where you start together and inevitably end up fighting each other and working for the dark forest that has its claws in you. And it will devolve into your madness, PvP, brawl as your body and mind is broken the rings concept i think is incredibly interesting unique and Very fun cool. like i mean for originality on me for this like this this is super high for me not only in i think the setting is fantastic i think that the way the rules are written and used is really fantastic i think the and the way that the incursions are structured and the way that like the tears and temptation, I think those are amazing mechanics that bring a lot of originality to this concept of this like dark forest fuckery that to me, to me, it's high. Like, you know, what are your, what are your overall thoughts? I don't know. I'm somewhat, you know, I'm a, I'm a eight to nine on yeah, this. I'm an eight, I'm an eight to nine pretty, pretty fucking easily for this. Yeah. Call it. Um, I mean, if you let me call it, I'm giving it a nine. I love this game Go so much, you know? Yeah. Um, I really, really do. I think it really shines specifically in that aspect is like, I want to play a forest that hates me. I want, I want to go in there. I want to be doomed. 
Break me. Sure. You know? Uh, I can value. do it from Fangorn. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, value. Um, you didn't happen to bring it up already, did you? So I have everything pulled up. So okay. um, if you're going to buy Trophy Dark, it links you. If you go to um, Gauntlet's side, it links you to um, Studio 2 Publishing. Each book individually is $45. That is okay. Dark, Gold, and Loom, 45 APs. Okay. Um, they have like the Codex Emerald, which is seven dollars that's on um uh drive through rpg is it like pod or is it just digital is that just a pdf just a watermark pdf okay and if you want to yeah there's the other dark codex there's seven dollars and on um yeah seven dollars for a pdf is not a bad value for additional content i think the the books at 45 pages mean they're pretty big there's a lot of incursions in them like yeah the Value on this goes way up because it's like, you know, if you get just dark mm-hmm. and you get just dark, that's 12 incursions, right? Mm-hmm. That's 12 adventures. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that's going to take you months and months and months to get through, mm-hmm. you know? Also, I mean, again, if we're talking $45 for book quality. Yeah, it's a high quality book. It's a high, I mean, again, the cloth bound edges, the ribbons, the pages feel fantastic. I do like how, you know, we have those like black, you know, tabs on the side that does come through on the side of the book. Nice. Um, that's the, the, the cover is stunning. I mean, as a, as an actual physical book, it is a beautifully well-crafted well done book you know i i think one of the only nicer books for value that i've ever really that i own is that death and space book because that is a gilding on the front and i think it's only right. like 35 bucks but as far as like standard prices and you know keeping in mind also that you know i think a lot of people should raise their prices in the ttrpg industry but this book to me is a much 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 higher value than like the you know php you know what i mean yeah and that's yeah. like 50, that's like fifty bucks of just you know fuckery. Um, I think forty five now, these, baby. Yeah, I think forty five for each of these is at the very least solid value. Um, how does it does it link to a PDF at all? How much are the PDFs individually? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, and I think seven dollars for the other PDFs I is a really find, solid. Yeah, I couldn't find them. I, I still can't really. Let's see. Do. Trophy Dark PDF. I'm on their actual website, so maybe that's a mistake. Oh, I mean, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more. Um, Fifteen dollars. Like codexes and expanded material. That's all seven dollars or nine dollars a pop. It's how much? Fifteen dollars for the PDF. So like, okay, fifteen bucks for for this PDF. That's is, not bad I think, at all. Solid. You get no, this, dark, you know, you get a couple yeah. of these, like, you know, codexes that have expanded stuff, more incursions, mm-hmm. more backgrounds. Like, you got enough stuff to keep running for quite a while, you know? Very long time, yeah. And I mean, as you I, said, think it, I think for this point, this this is a pretty high value for me. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm looking at here. I mean, this is this yeah. is a, a nine in value for me, I think. Like, if I can get the – like, the books are, in my opinion, a little pricey, but not – I think they're worth it. But, like, if I was, like, a, bro- a broke guy – um, mm-hmm. which sometimes I am like, I'm not going to spend $45 on the book, no matter how nice it is, but I'll spend 15 bucks on the PDF and then seven or eight extra dollars on another PDF to expand the content. And that alone is like a ton of shit. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's like a, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm about a nine on this one. You know, well, I, you know, I, I was more of an eight, but like when you really think about it too, I, I'm pretty positive that Trophy is fully set up in Creative Commons too. Like, unless nice. I'm completely talking about talking out my ass. Trophy is adapted from Cthulhu Dark. Uh, Trophy is also based on Blades in the Dark, um, authored by John Hunter, da, 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 and licensed for use under Creative Commons 3.0 unprotected licensing. So, you know, it's based on both of those games, which we said, but also it's completely Creative Commons. So you can make whatever the fuck you want with this game. We love a nice, solid open license. Um, I know this is super random and unnecessary, but I think also adds some value. You can buy t-shirts. You better believe I'm getting a Trophy Dark t-shirt. I love that you can get merch for this. I love merch. Give me more merch right. for your games. That, if you're a creator, make a t-shirt. Nothing whatsoever. But like, I still, man, I think I'm a pretty high, for value, I'm pretty high on this one. Probably be the highest yeah. I go. It's, I, it's I, a nine I, for me. I'm solid on nine for value on this, really. And honestly, I keep looking at that art and style score, and I want to bump it up by one. But like, if you're a heavy seven, I'm going to keep it. I'm going I'm to respect that. Um, Where are the shirts? Oh, if you just go to TrophyRPG.com and scroll down a little bit. Uh, I'm on Gauntlet, so. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, but if you go to the Trophy RPG website, there's, uh, you can see, you click a link that takes you to, oh, and you know what's great about the website is it literally just gives you the price. Trophy Dark is available in PDF at for $15 and in print for $45. And then there's links to character sheets, links to options. Um, playing online, make yourself one of uh, the shareable character keepers. Get the Trophy Dark character keeper, which is fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, for, for, they give you everything you fucking need to play this game. All you have to do is either buy the $15 PDF or the $45 book, and then they'll give you every other possible resource that you want to play this game. Plus the book and PDF comes with so many incursions. You're set forever. I mean, even in dark with 12 incursions, that's at least 12 sessions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think nine's a solid value for this. I don't think there's any reason to, to, um, I mean, it's never going to get to a 10 because the game's not free. But I think for the price of the the um, the price of the book, um, uh, da, 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 getting a nine, it means that there's a lot of shit that comes with this game. And I think it's yeah. totally worth it. OK, so when we add all of that up, uh, we are sitting at a 41. Nice. Which is, you know, definitely way up there for scores. I mean, pretty forty three is pretty much where we top out. I think Merkborg originally got a forty four. Um, in retrospect, it'd probably get more like a forty two, forty three if we were to re re review it. Um, but uh, forty one is is right up there with the top like two or three games we've ever reviewed. And I, I, I anyway, so um, I it could be forty one to forty two, but uh, score total forty one is fantastic. I love the shit out of this game. I want to play it really bad. I think I've talked about side quests already, which is like these one shot intro to to games that I want to do. This is way at the top of the fucking list for a game that I want to play. Just get like two or three people together. Let me tell you. Oh my god. So yeah, I mean overall, great fucking games. High fucking vibes. Super evocative. Um, very little I would change about either thing. And I love the fact that there's a setting book on top of it too, that, that really just reinforces yeah, even more totally. overall. One of my favorite games period bar none of this entire fucking shelf is, is trophy. And, uh, that is our, um, that's our game for the night. So, um, I think, uh, you're not going to be here next week, right? I'm not my, I'm my girlfriend's meeting my dad and I'm meeting her dad. Cause they live in the same fucking city. So dope. Dope. 
Are they gonna do the? Are they gonna dad out? Is your dad a dad dad? Oh my dad! No, my dad doesn't give a fuck about anything. My dad, my dad is ah. is like barely there a lot of the time. His his brain is somehow always at work and also nowhere. Um, oh, dope. so no, but her oh, dad's super dad like. So oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, so. so that'd be cool though. I mean, listen. I'm serious. Honestly, dude, I will say that, like, without doubt, her ex really set me up to meet her family because he sucked so bad um, yeah. that they already dude. love me. They love me isn't so that, much. Isn't that great? If you date somebody who had a shitty last one, you're set up so good, you know? Yeah. Like, dude, because all she talks about is how nice I am to her. And I'm just like, you know, it's regular relationship. Regular nice. dude. Do, yeah, listen. We do listen, stuff for each other. We're dating. 20, you know, like I care about 2023, uh, the bar is low and you're a wonderful human being. It's so. crazy how low the bar. I'm like, yeah, of course I like got you a thing because I was thinking about you. We're dating. I was, I think about you. She's like, wow, that's yeah. really nice. I'm like, that should be the bar, actually. That's so. literally just the basic <laughs> normal shit. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about it at all. What are you doing next weekend, though? Are you doing anything? So, what, like I, what I'm doing, we're going to bring, uh, we're going to bring our now, you know, relatively, uh, this is like, the, I don't know how many times, but I'm a Kirby. I'm just I fucking tourism. love Kirby, dog. Dude, I love Kirby. Kirby's your, like, your alternate a lot when I'm gone. I'm like, oh, that's such a great addition so yeah i mean they're just an awesome fucking human being a great creator and just have really 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 solid insights into games absolutely a lot of fantastic games i mean just a really really fantastic addition to the to our you know little rotation here um on the weekly scroll as you know uh, I, I don't even think they're like a they're not even a special guest anymore. I don't I don't even know what to like alternate guests. They're they're our go-to when you're not here because um they're just uh, generally an awesome fucking human being. You should definitely check out all the stuff over at Disaster Tourism Games. Uh, but we are gonna be going over DT Packs and Blades uh, oh. from Lucas Rollum. This is a minimalist sword and witchcraft RPG for short campaigns and quick sessions. Uh, it's a pretty small, um, more cocky um, framework for games. Really fun, really interesting, um, solid, uh, solid zine here. Um, so uh, a little bit smaller than what we just went over today, but this will be a really fun one to talk to Kirby about. Um, he also uh, loves this game and I suggested it. You know, we both said fuck yeah at the same time. So next week we're gonna be going over packs and blades um, from Lucas Rollum. Really excited for that. So that was Trophy. Love the shit out of this fucking game. Buy it, play it, let us know how it is. Um, and we're done. So find us at the.weekly.scroll on Instagram. I am keeping up with it. The I Instagram am. looks um, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I only do three posts a week instead of six, and it makes me not want to do terrible things to myself. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at weekly underscore scroll. Um, that's where you'll see, you know, all of our um, links to all of our VODs, all of everything, announcing of the games, all that kind of stuff, or just, you know, late night rants when I'm at work. And then you can also find us at The Adventure Archive on YouTube. That's all of the Weekly Scroll. That's all of the AP podcasts for The Adventure Archive. That's, you know, all of all of the games that we do, the the Seance um, uh, podcast that I did with uh, Source of Victory, where we built a Death Trap dungeon together. A lot of amazing content on there. Definitely go check out The Adventure Archive. Uh, subscribe. I think we're, we're, we're past like 775 followers now, so we're, we're really really closing in on that thousand which is really fantastic um but do us a favor go do that and uh go to uh spotify and uh apple and follow us and drop a review too because more of that um is better for us too um and that's it that's our podcast. beautiful voices 
Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. My favorite part about editing the podcast, even though we don't really edit it, is how um, in the beginning our our volume is like this, and by the end our volume is like this. And it's always my favorite we're part so to excited. see this. We just get so excited. So Listen, and that you're welcome, everybody, for our excitement. That is our episode. Trophy is fucking awesome. Buy it. Hunter, you're fucking awesome. Buy it. Um, and I will see you, I guess, in two weeks, buddy. Farewell. All right. Bye. Bye.